The Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul. I'm hoping today's recording's much calmer than last week and he can't decide who he wants as boss. A huge thank you to Craig Brewster for being our guest last week, taking us through his United career both as a player and as a manager. And don't forget you can join the conversation over on our socials. We are at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, interviews, odds, rumour mill, cardboard cutouts, Betfred Cup, the Academy, on this day with the Arab Archive, and we're heading stateside as Johnny Russell is our special guest, and he even has his own backing band. It's all coming up on episode 53 of the Dode Fox podcast. I'm Andy McLaren. Welcome to the Dode Fox podcast. So welcome back to the Dode Fox podcast, episode 53, so it's technically we are now in to our second year of doing this nonsense on a weekly basis. Uh, it's all good though, and hopefully a lot calmer than last week. Have you recovered? I have. This is technically our 54th episode though, is it? Seen as one got binned last week. But uh, yeah, and uh, I think that last week's episode was, the Brewster section was brilliant, and I think the waffling that me and you done at the start was probably shell-shocked nonsense that we were talking because we couldn't uh, we weren't really sure what was going on certainly me uh, when you were asking my opinion on stuff I, I, I think there was a lot of head shaking at my side of the, the zoom call breaking news when we were recording it so if it was rubbish to the people that were listening we do apologize but we were absolutely stunned at what we were we were reading and the news that was unfolding yeah we are uh, still on zoom uh, at the moment until it all calms down over the next few weeks. You never know. We'll see what's bubble we can sneak in And we might do it like that again. So uh, before we crack on with matters uh, that have been happening this week, uh, you've been telling us the last couple of weeks, uh, you've been uh, out walking for the Community Trust, 149 miles, done. Done, doddle. Done it in three weeks. Uh, and I know that that'll piss people off. Be like, you're a prick. That's uh, true. I am a prick. But, uh, How was yeah, it this week? I just, it was fine, you know. It, some of the routes that I'm going, they're a wee bit, of, they're a wee bit of boring. I just tend to be doing laps of a certain area, which is like a mile for a lap or something. So, ten laps like that, it's it's not the best, but I got it done. But I didn't stop there. I'm out. I'm out with Gordy Farkerson. I'm out with Showmark, Andy Crite, and I'll be going out with him the day that this podcast uh, comes out. On Monday, me and him are heading over to Tensmuir for a wee wander. So it's it's not a case of job done, trainers in the bin. I'm just keeping on walking. It's good for you. It's good for your physical health. It's good for your mental health. And the fact that I was doing it for the community, I've raised about £600. And my target was 250 So to anybody and everybody that has sponsored me, thank you very, very much. Uh, yes, and uh, if you want to get more information about the Community Trust, stuff like that, you can check them out on their socials. They are at Dundee United CT or on the website. They're doing uh, a lot of great stuff, especially just now with, you know, things are starting to ease, but they've done a lot of stuff over Zoom and stuff like that. And obviously this is to raise money for the Fest of Friends event, which happens at Christmas. Yes. Again, you want to get more details, go into the Community Trust, but are very well done. I know a few people have started to certainly get near the the 149 mile target some mm -hmm. more have hit it yeah. as well but uh, it's fabulous work for everyone uh, involved in that so well done to you right managers betting odds 
Frey were all kicked off last week. Uh, apparently 12 interviews done so far. And this morning as we record this, permission was granted uh, to speak to Malky Mackay. Permission sought, of course, from the SFA. So, the thinking is here, let's have a wee look at who's in the betting odds, see what we think, and then we'll uh, we'll take it from there. Now, um, some notable ones I just want to mention that are way down the bottom for a bit of a laugh, and then we'll get to the serious uh, issues. Uh, Stevie Crawford's in at 33 to 1. Uh, Dunfermline uh, manager, isn't he? Yes, Dunfermline manager. And him. He's got a hole in his haircut. Uh, Jens Lehman, of course, was rumoured last week, which was a good laugh. Uh, he's... Rumoured for the courier. <laughs> it, was it true? With made up nonsense. Um, Noel Hunt, 28 to 1. John Rankin, 28 to 1. Of course, the recently retired John Rankin. Uh, one name that would be box office at 28 to 1 Dick Campbell. Dick Campbell, huh? You all right? <laughs> be uh, different. Other people that are in there: uh, Stephen Presley, twenty-five to one; uh, Gary Holt, twenty-five to one; Derek Adams, twenty-five to one. As is Barry Robson. Uh, there was a lot of clamour and a wee bit for us as well. <laughs> Duncan Ferguson, twenty-five to one. That's obviously no yeah. happening. Uh, Never. It would have been pretty cool. Uh, Dan Fletcher, twenty to one. We're now starting to get near the the kind of top end that we'll start to look at. Uh, so from there, uh, Ross Tokley, of course, name coming to no place uh, this week. So yeah. as well. But anyway, we're looking at uh, Steve McLaren, 18-1. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you, for a man of his experience, to even see his name linked with a job. Now, regardless, and we'll probably get to this, and it's been reported in the paper, right, about the Malcolm Mackay stuff, the salaries on, and, and what the job so apparently United Job's going to pay 150k a year, right, if you're a manager. Now, I can get myself motivated. How do you apply? Exactly, How right? do you apply? I have done some wonderful things on Football Manager and FIFA career mode. So let's make the easy... Sh- you know what? I'll even take 10% off that. Call it 100. Call it 100k. I'm in, right? What so uh, my only thing would be somebody like Steve McLaren that's clearly worked at a very good level and probably a lot of money. And you've said, um, you know, it's 150k, and he's maybe thought, what, a month? It's like, nah, mate, year. You know, so maybe no work, but, and I'll get to the point I'm going to get to once I go through the names, right? Stephen Glass, 18 to 1. Name come up this week as well. Based in America, a Fintry Sham, I believe. Fintry Sham, ex shed boy as well, Mm -hmm. but yeah, he's he's not even in the country just now. Uh, Billy McKinley, 18 to 1. The brilliantly named Mickey Mellon. Uh, 16-1 Craig Levine 16-1 and the top four is where it gets really interesting Joey Barton's 8-1 box office yeah. there I mean no, there'll be pusses no punched left right and centre there uh, Tommy Wright 5-1 who I think we've all been amazed if we haven't talked to because it was the first name for a lot of people uh, Lee McCulloch 7-2 but if reports are to be believed he said he's no one it and uh, probably likely they'll go to Hearts and the favourite at the moment, four to five on, so you need to spend a fiver to get four quid back, is Malky Mackay, currently with the SFA. Pick a name, tell us about it, let's talk about it, anyone you like. Well, we'd be as well starting with Mr Mackay first, because that's the one that seems to have uh, sparked the most discussion. Uh, 
positively and negatively. There's uh, guys that are like, yeah, okay, he's made an arsehole in the past, uh, but I think he's a decent coach. And there's other guys that would just refuse to put any more money into the club if he was to come on board and be earning a, wa- a wage sorry, from, uh, from United. Where I sit on that one is I would prefer him not to be in the running. And the reason for that is because of the fact that it is so divisive. Uh, I'm not even looking at his coaching credentials because all I know that is he done... I've saw some some people say that he, he did quite well with Cardiff. I think he probably did better than quite well with Cardiff when he was there. But that's also where his problems started with uh, these text messages and such like. Now, he's you, you've got to give people a road to redemption when they make an arse of something in life. We, we've all done it. We've all done it. Uh, the thing that I would say goes against him, though, is that it was such a high. He's he was such a high profile person at the time he'd done it. He he wasn't exactly a young man. It's not like he was young and foolish. He's he was in his teens or whatever. You know that he, he was a, a grown a grown adult in a very high profile position, public figure, and uh, the things that he's. I was going to say alleged. I'm not sure if it was alleged or if they actually were his texts, but if they were his texts, I, I, I kind of defend it. I, I, they were indefensible, some of the things he would say. He, he, he sent, sorry. But uh, I'm, I'm just not sure. Personally, I would rather that the club didn't go down that route because of what I've just said. It was a lot of bother. And I think it wouldn't take much for people to be on his back you know, maybe two or three bad results in a row and they would be on his back and he'd be this, he'd be a racist, he'd be homophobic, he'd be against these people. Uh, so for me, I would uh, pursue Malky Mackay. Mm. But I didn't pick the manager. So we'll wait and see. We'll leave that up to Mr. Ogren, uh, Tony Asker. We'll leave it to the guys. They, I'm going to say they know better than me. Uh, if I'm picking the manager, I'm not picking him. Mm. I think one thing that, that comes out of all as well is that um, what kind of role model is it for for the young players sometimes? And what how much does it then affect signing players? You know, how does it come to sign a, you know, a, you know, a, a, a black player, a gay player, a you know, a phone player or whatever, you know what I mean? Do, do these, do these come into it? I mean, like I said, things like that should never come into it, but given the, the previous history and I'm, I'm, you don't get me wrong. I am for second chances and we do make mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's something that I just, that might just bring, a, we need right now, but for me, there's a huge opportunity here for us. Like what was done when Robbie Nielsen came in, he then managed to bring in his own assistants, you know, on an equal level, Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest. If it's to be believed that they're going to move on and probably end up at Hearts, then we'll wish them well, fair enough. That's it. You know, because when, like we've seen before, when managers get their teams that they like working with, they do tend to travel like that, you know what I mean? And that happens. So then there's a real opportunity for someone to come in and build their own backroom team with us with a, a system in place is not the right thing I'm trying to say but there's a whole 
backbone of high performance center other staff the academy um you know the sports science sports whatever else everything we've got there is a huge infrastructure it's probably the better word in place for someone to come in and really build something and and there's all the building blocks are there one thing for me is he hasn't been coaching He's been for a, for a number of years. Sat behind the desk for about four years now. Yeah, he's obviously the performance director at the Scottish FA. Has it been a success? No idea. No idea. I've fell out of love with Scotland a, a long time ago. You know, don't go to many. Don't really go to any matches now because it's hunted shite for a start. But you know, there's a lot of things like that. So we're on about. You know, there's another report saying you know he's going to take this wage cut and get it now. As far as I'm aware, the SFA asked all their staff to take a wage cut when all this happened so is it a case that he's not earning his quarter a million right now but rather than earning nothing there's 150 grand allegedly salary on the go at United to be the coach I think it's different Mm -hmm. you know what I mean if he's been constantly coaching the the results are there and you know he mentioned his record and um, I won't pass this off as a dude fox fact right because it's no um Given his record, his record would be enough for us to probably finish sixth, given the win-draw-loss, which for a first season back in the Premiership, you would take sixth or seventh. Of course you would. Top six, I think, has to be the aim. But first and foremost, Sir Shankland, Lord Shankland, Sir Lawrence, said it himself, the first thing's to stay up. You know what I mean? That's that's the be-all and end-all. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with chatting to, to a manager, chatting to someone, if it's a name that's cropped up, if an agent's put it his way, if someone knows him through a mutual acquaintance or whatever, not coaching for the four or five years is the bit that I, you know, I'm don't get me wrong, I don't condone anything he's done in the past, but people can be rehabilitated, they can apologise, I don't think he was ever officially charged with it, but it, it's not great, you know, the wording's mm-hmm. not great and everything, it's, not, it's pr- pretty horrible to look back. But for someone that's not been coaching, it's just like, well, you know, four and five years, games changed. You know, do, do they change or are they still in the same mindset they were five years ago? I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not sure. That, that's all it is. You know what I mean? It, listen, if he's the man, then we get behind him, you know? But like you said, after a few games, you never know. And what's the reaction going to be like to away teams? What are away teams going to be like towards the, the dugout, just to the manager? Kind of could be pretty poisonous at times, and we've seen it. You know, you, you know what it's like. But yeah, <sighs> but then that's something that's something that he he must have uh, he must have haven't got he must have got used to the way that that's going to be for the next time that he is in that sort of position. And to touch on your point about what sort of role model that he might be, uh, to see it from the other other say they think things. That's that's not the way that you you, you go about life. And somebody like Malky Mackay put off sponsors. I mean, it, it certainly if you read social media, it's, it's it turning off United fans. So would it turn off potential sponsors? You know, the the, the baggage that comes along with them uh, because he's going to have to live with this uh, forever and a day. Whether whether he regrets it or not, whether it's if you were to sit him down and say right was this the biggest mistake you ever made? Even if he was to say, yes, I wish I could take it all back. 
you can't. It's he done it. It's out there, and it's going to be used against him forevermore by a lot of people. Mm. So, uh, to they cannot be surprised if there's less than favourable reaction from the punters. And I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying everybody will be against them because some people are like, oh, well, live and let live. You know, he's he served his time or he, he's, he's been punished enough. I get that. But there's a lot of people, especially in today's world, you just, you can't be, you can't be putting up with stuff like that. And granted, it was many, many years ago, but I don't know, it just, it sticks, you know, stuff like that sticks with you, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. And that, that's the thing is that there's a lot of I me, mean, we've, you know, since it broke, the amount of messages we've been tagged into, or or whatever. It, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, we didn't pick the new manager, but <laughs> no, no, but huge, huge negativity. Which is, I mean, the flip yeah. side as well, and you know, it's out there as well. Like when the whole when it started to settle down last Sunday, and uh, Robbie had left. You know, looking at our tweets then as well, it was crazy how people were really nonplussed about him going. Yeah, that that was surprising, I thought, because I'm not saying he was the, the greatest manager ever, but I was quite happy that he was in charge. But uh, the general consensus was, eh, hey-ho. And I think I think uh, Mr. Ogren come out of it smelling the roses because of his, his take on it, you know? Oh, if you're not 100% committed, then, uh, you know, kick bricks, see you later. Right. And that was that. And uh, that's when you're a United fan, you kind of wanted to hear that. You thought, well, that's that's great. Nobody is bigger in the club. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it was a it was a surprise. But it was a surprise. Nobody was at first. Yeah, it's certainly. I mean, given the kind of reports even coming out now, Sunday as we record that, you know, it's <laughs> without you. I mean, if permission's just been granted, we've not spoke to him. It's like it's his to lose. So it's going to be a. It'll be an interesting couple of days. Uh, Lee McCullough's second favourite, seven to two. I think we both uh, we both probably think he will go, given the uh, the conversations or uh, the reports in the media. I should say, mm-hmm. you would yeah. go. I, I I would imagine that him and Forrest will go. Mm-hmm. And to touch on to touch on Nielsen going, like there's obviously been people saying, ah, oh, must mean that there's things no right behind the scenes. Oh, he wasn't getting on with Tony or this that and the next thing he's not getting assigned players. I didn't see any of that. I just thought that Hearts is Robbie's team. Uh, and I know Tony gave a, a fair point about the bigger team. You know, it's all relative. Are they the bigger team? Because they're in the league below currently. I think Hearts are the bigger team. Uh, historically, like just look at their their crowd numbers that they get. They are a bigger team that way. And they've probably upped his salary. I, I don't think there's... Because Robbie left, that's a sign that there's things that aren't going well behind the scenes at Tannadice. I just think that it's it's his team. He's been offered more money and he's maybe just going to be happier being there. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? But I didn't think it was necessarily some... It meant that things were turning to shit at Tannadice. Everything was positive, you know? Just because one one thing happens like that when somebody goes to his boyhood team, I'm not going to lose any sleep hmm. over it. Um, the next name on the list and it's probably one that come out very favourably at the start and again, given our experience against his teams but it doesn't seem he's in the running really Tommy Wright I think he's he's the obvious candidate uh, but I'm not sure that Tommy Wright actually likes United 
if I'm being honest. I, I just, I just don't think. I think because uh, his, because we're all from the same area, United, Dundee, St. Johnston, kind of roughly the same area, Tayside. I just always think that he, he had a chip on his shoulder about United and even Dundee, you know. I, I think he was about fighting with Neil McCann the other year. Good. I mean, we'd all want to do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would just be surprised. And I mean, obviously, he's not getting the... He's not getting the Northern Ireland job. So, who knows? There's Again, there's been speculation saying, oh, Tommy Wright would be great, but would he work under Tony Asgar? Well, Christ, Tony Asgar is getting painted as this big bad bully this week, you know? And I, I don't know. Is he? Doesn't, he doesn't seem that way to me when I've spoken to him, but maybe because I'm taller than him, you know? But uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be in favour of us changing the entire structure that we have put in place just because, say, a Tommy Wright or a Craig Levine wants the job. I, I, I just wouldn't change. We, we, whatever we are doing has worked to this point. Keep doing it. That would that would be my thinking. Hold on to a set of firework off. Joey Barton. No. <laughs> okay. Mickey Mellon. Just for the song. Mickey Mellon's Tangerine Army. I'm in. Good record down south, Scots boy. Seems to do well with with wee teams and get a lot of them. Don't know much about them. I'm not going to lie and say I know everything about them, but it's an intriguing, slightly different left field choice um, that's in there. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, similar similar to you on it. I don't know. I I know the name, but I don't really know much about them to comment. And I'm going to throw one more in for you, Billy McKinley. Assistant manager at Stoke right now with Michael O'Neill. Yeah, yeah. So he'd, he'll be on a fair wage, you would think. Uh, but he might want to be his own man. Was he not a manager up in Norway or Denmark or something before? Throwing he made a, at me, I don't know. Which is no he made unusual. A bit of Roger Hunter. No, no. Uh, I don't know would be my answer to that. I think if, if United are looking to consolidate next year and the next couple of make themselves a team the top side I think Tommy Wright probably ticks all the boxes mm. but again I don't know who's who's uh, been interviewed I don't know what names are in for it it might be a case of when they announce the appointment sometime this week it's a name that's not even on anybody's list who knows the, the who thing, knows what happened the way I the, my thinking's been this week right and it, it's went between it's similar I'm going to try and explain this right and I will go and explain it it, it, there are similar ways of thinking, right? But they're, they're different. And I know that makes no sense, but hear me out, right? And I'm going to throw names in it just as an example. So, exactly like the work Tommy Wright's done at McDermott Park, he was in charge, Calm Davidson's assistant, who is now the new manager. Calm Davidson, and I think Alec Cleland's there as well, um, they have had... Default two, three, four year probably working under Tommy Wright and are now ready to be their own man. I like that idea. I do like yeah. that idea of, and I've just thrown that out there, but say like a... I don't Succession know, planning. Yeah. Or like a, not Craig Levine, but an older experienced man with, maybe not Billy McKinley because he is an assistant, but ah, John Rankin, John Daly, you know, uh, people that are wanting to coach, you know, John Rankin said that, he's you know, he's retired, that's his kind of next step. Um, you know, Barry Robson wants to be a manager in his own right. Working mm-hmm. with the youths, I think, at Aberdeen. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's an interesting one, but I, I think they would benefit because what we're seeing up the road, 
as they try to do the reverse of that with McPake in charge with an experienced assistant in, in Jimmy Nicol. Now, we're not here to, mm-hmm. you know, laugh and go at Dundee for everything that's going on up the road because it's about a shit show in the championship and below with everything that's happening. But they've went, obviously, for the younger coach with experience, right-hand man, which, again, I kind of like the idea as well, but it's getting the right the right right hand get the right balance getting yeah, the balance, get the right yeah. balance. so I, I i'm i would like an assistant that you know if tommy Wright does a two-year contract and at the end of the two-year his assistant barry robson becomes the manager all going well type thing and this is totally hypothetical um i i it's an idea i quite like you know i've kind of all week i've thought that's maybe something i'm not trying to tone in Mark and Scott how to do things but I quite like that idea um, no I mean the, half the time I didn't listen to you so I don't think they're going to listen mm. to you or but yeah, I, one that's no on the go. list we can throw in John Rankin Paul Payton as his assistant they're bringing Nadir back <laughs> you know Paul Payton was very amusing with that on social media on uh, <laughs> he was Monday because it broke and I actually went you know what that's probably a manager and an assistant that'll probably appear in like a league one or something in the next year or two and you think you know you're going to have to cut their teeth someplace. But again, two people like that who were great next to each other in the park for a long time mm-hmm. with an experienced manager to learn off of for a couple of years, you know, I, I just don't see how it could be a bad thing. You need to get the right fit. You need to get the right manager that understands I'm only here for a couple of years, but you're here to pass on your experience let them go and coach you know Lee McCulloch told us when he was in Moss that at the start Robbie Nielsen wanted to do everything himself because he was so channeled in that and that's a good trait but you also have to trust your lieutenants that are with you Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so that's a model I I really like and I don't see it happening the way the conversations are going and the next question is then if it's Malky Mackay which the bookies seem to think is who's he bringing in well because I think we, I mean, we've said already, I think McCulloch and that'll go. They might not, but who knows? We don't know. Um, so that's kind of there. Is there is there anyone else being met? Is there anything out of left field you've you've thought of as a, a name come up? You know, you want Maradona just for a laugh to get a Netflix series out of it? Or what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> not thinking that, but now that you mention it... Okay, box offer. <laughs> box offer. It certainly would be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I've, I'm, I've no idea. Eh? I'm, I'm quite happy just to sit back, shut my puss and transfer. Uh, the, the, the succession planning. I do like that. However, the one downside to that, I would say, is if you were to bring in an experienced manager with the, the idea of two or three years, your right hand is going to take over from you if it was an unmitigated disaster and you had to pay the guy off, most fans would probably be thinking that he, this number two is actually part of this disaster. We're wanting him gone as well. So that, that could maybe be an issue with a succession plan and model. But well, maybe it's in not, theory, maybe it's not a succession plan. Maybe it's like what St. Johnson did with Tommy, right? You know, they bring Callum Davidson as the assistant, probably know at the time to say he's the next man. Tommy, right? Was he to... I'm sure he was the assistant. I don't know. You just went all digitally zoomy on me there, so I couldn't really work out what Klingon language you were speaking, but um, he, he might have been. He might have been. I think he was. Yeah. Stop making me I try to check was. things. I mean... That's nah, all right. So, yeah, I, I, I get I get what you're saying about that. Um, 
and it doesn't I mean you know it doesn't have to be that's the plan but bringing in it would be good I think if you get your head coach you get your assistant and then you get another coach the other coach I think I would like to see young dynamic I keep saying John Rankin but only because he's recently retired and it's in my head but and you like his abs <laughs> What a man. So some again like that and it's bringing it doesn't even be an ex player. Our ex player. It could just be a you know, a late thirties, early forties coach that's looking to get in there and again the enthusiasm, just releasing out the dressing room could be a real go to, but it's got the ethic to work hard. But I do like the idea of someone that knows the club because then they're it's kinda installed in them as well. But hey, yeah. it could be here a day speaking about it. Um the boogie seem to say oh. it's Malcolm Mackay. So we'll see what happens. Correct. Move on. We we shall move on. And uh, I just want to quickly mention the rumour mill, by the way. Rumours coming from the same guy on Pie and Bovril, which is one of those message boards that's affy popular in Scottish football. He's the same guy who apparently broke the news that Shanklin was coming to Tandice a month before it happened. Well, he has said that Pavel Shafranko is going to sign a two-year deal with United next week. We're paying £150,000 from... He was dropped at the weekend. I thought he'd been bombed. He hadn't have been. He'd come on uh, for the bench and scored uh, on Saturday for Sepsi or whoever he plays for. Um, Shafranko coming back? Are you open arms or are you against that? What are your thoughts? See it happening. Why, why would it happen? The, the Nisbet things went pretty quick as well. Very quiet. We've no manager, mind. <laughs> An old bud just trying is in the court this week, or Abdi's in the court, or whatever it is. But we're not even touching on that this week because it's carnage. Um, personally, would yeah, you have? I, would, I wouldn't be against it. I, I, I would. Yeah, I think he would. Uh, he would compliment uh, Shankland. Yeah, but again, I'd, I'll be surprised if it happens. Uh, that's the only rumor that I've got for you uh, this week. One thing we did mention last week that we binned off. Um, is get back in the ground with fans at the game uh, you can get yourself a very fetching recyclable waterproof cutout of yourself uh, to mm-hmm. be proudly shown in the stands for all the games that are uh, behind closed doors uh, we've teamed up the club have teamed up not us the club have teamed up with fans at the game you can go and do this you can get your picture taken and for 25 note you can be at the game in the stand mm-hmm. for however long we are uh, closed to to fans obviously things are yeah. going slow and steady up here and things might lift mm-hmm. sooner rather than later um, I know I know have that you- is why uh-huh. no I know you're waiting to ask me have I ordered no and I'll tell you why I haven't because I was gonna but just with the news coming out from the Scottish government that you know you might actually be able to attend live events from late July or something so I think there's probably an outside possibility, who knows how remote that will be, that you might actually get fans in the ground. So I don't want to spend £50 because I'd have to get one for myself and one for the wee man. And uh, I end up sitting next to myself. That's just... uh, Nobody needs two Paul McNichols in the one place at the one time. It doesn't need to happen. If you uh, want to get more details, it's on the uh, website dundeeunitedfc.co.uk or you can go to dundeeunited.fansatthegame.co.uk And if you've done it already, by the way, if you get a mock-up or whatever, send us something. I'd love to see what they actually look like. Um, just when you mention that, Paul, the next point I want to make is that... Uh, 
The Premiership is still on track for a 1st of August uh, kickoff. This was published on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. Still on course to begin the 1st of August, but reports that fans might be allowed in the stadium from the 23rd of July are inaccurate, says Scotland's okay. clinical director. Um, mm-hmm. So Professor Jason Leach says, I'm still not certain, but I'm more encouraged than I was last week uh, or about the 1st of August return for the Premiership. We're heading in the right direction. You know, contact training's back, and then it'll be small groups contact training. Then it would be um, the bio, a, a biological bubble. It's, it's what he's just thrown in there, old Professor Jason. Um, but then it would be contact training, then it would be uh, games and all this kind of stuff. But he says that um, people have misinterpreted, well, misinterpreted is what I'm trying to there say, uh, the route map. It says not before 23rd of July. It says nothing about the 23rd of July, but it would be a case of uh, working towards... Uh, he's given no date because I think he's clever to... to to say that uh, but he did yeah. say there were there were about 500 people in hospital with COVID-19 and there were still new infections again the rate's coming down do it together you know if you need to go places wash your hands your arsehole do what you need to do but let's well, just yeah let's just always keep it together here Ken let, let's because yeah. at the end of the day right since March it's been advice to live your life by there run wash your hands <laughs> and your arsehole listen you've just got to look after yourself yeah. right you should be a professor with information <laughs> like that. But anyway, it looks like the Premiership will start there. And uh, again, we will just segue into the next point, which is the Betfred Cup has been bombed for July. It'll begin during the international break in October. Here's the best bit. Clubs can decide if they want to enter or not. Well, I hope that 41 clubs decide that they don't want and then we could get on an open top bus through. <laughs> that's uh, that's bizarre. That's bizarre that they're they're letting teams decide mm. want to. Why would they not want to? Who because knows? By that time, by that time, you'd imagine that fans will be in the ground, so is it, people is it, will be able to make. Is it maybe the case though? If it's the same sort of thing, you look at the. Uh, I know it's, the biscuit cup seems to cost a lot of clubs money more than you make. You know, there might be very little in it for you. You know, if you're a... What difference is, for example, a Kilmarnock being in a group with... Yeah, I'm not saying Air United, but I'm trying to think of wee diddy teams. Dundee, um, Elgin, <laughs> and... Stranra. Inverness, right? Home game-wise, you're not getting much there. You know, you're not going to get much part for your own club that are needing to pay their own money... Maybe it's not worth it. I don't know. I'm being totally hypothetical. I imagine United will enter it because it's essentially the League Cup. So why would you not want to enter it and and go on? Exactly. But given, um, you know, it's obviously had to be put back because that's when the league's in that starting. I think, though, it'll be carnage with the fixtures. I think Scotland have just announced as well, they're playing three games in eight days or something during that international break in October. So obviously with Nae Shankland, because he'll be with Scotland fingers crossed um, so it'll be what Kevin Nisbet and Shafranco up front Nicky Clark in the hole who knows who knows it's, it's a decent line to be led yeah. uh, I'll, but I'll be amazed if there's any teams that dip out of that tournament mm-hmm. I'll be amazed and I know it's going to be fixture chaos but it's fixture chaos for everybody you could argue that Celtic and Rangers will probably get a wee bit worse because they might be in Europe but that's the reason they've got massive squads you know and that's the reason that we'll be putting two fingers up to them when they start mourning about it. 
Indeed. So uh, that'll be an interesting one that's, that's come out this week. Uh, the Academy, they have been recreating Mark Connolly's header versus Queen of the South. No horses were damaged and, uh, or used or no. abused. Uh, all no. written. All written. Oh, Christ. Uh, the whole time. Uh, talking to Mark Connolly, it seems like Aberdeen Dundee's met him in Tesco's or Asda or something the past week. <laughs> Everyone's had a social Plus distance f- uh, photo Plus or chat. Yep. Yeah, he certainly did. But in that... Uh, in the academy video, there was a uh, Sean Dillon was in it. He was uh, out on the wing, crossing the bar for his young lad Shea to rise like a salmon and bury the header into the back of the net. Aye. But the videos are great. I think we say every week. I, I do like them. Big fan of them. I thought Shea made it Big look fan. better because the cross was honking for his old man. To be fair, oh, he, he turned a bad cross into a good cross. Ah, but that's standard for Mister Dillon. Yep. So uh, the academy are still doing uh, great work as well so you can get the update for them on Twitter and check the website and stuff loads of good things going on there uh, the ink is dry on Ian Hartz's contract uh, at last um, marvellous yeah, well yes you, you, you would say that um, I think it's a big season for him I think given his mm-hmm. 50 odd appearances he's had at championship level it's a chance to step up a little bit of a different game uh, games will open up a lot more than backs to the wall performances that we faced in the championship um, and again this is where it comes down it's really interesting when a new coach comes in I know I mean let's be honest Ian Hart still in powers maybe more a club led thing but I would imagine the head coach is of no obligation to play them you know doesn't have to play them as yeah. Adrian's been shown he's had to work for it oh it's different with the language barrier and stuff but I think it's a big season for for Ian Harks, I mean, oh, you know what, it's a wasted question, but what do you think? Delighted. <laughs> okay. No, it, I mean, it's a big season for, it's a big season for a lot of the players. Uh, arguably, who have we got? Shankland, everybody thinks he's going to be all right in the top league. Callum Butcher, he's been there before. Connolly, Reynolds, they've been there before. Uh, although some people still have some doubts about the like Liam Smith, Big Benji, Ian Harks, boys have never played in the top league, so it's a person for everybody, not just Harks. But I think it's, I think all this, although similar to last week's contract announcements, that we probably we might not even have mentioned that. I think that was on the first Rick thing, yeah, the podcast, maybe yeah. when it was uh, Kieran Freeman and and Dennis News felt like uh, Groundhog Day mm. yeah it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean at the end of the day we're united together as the uh, the hashtag Correct. says uh, the club have announced that the club shop in the ticket centre is reopening today as it is Monday 29th of June uh, in line with government guidelines there'll be enhanced measures in place to keep supporters and colleagues safe it'll be a maximum store capacity it'll be limited to four customers two for retail two for tickets uh, social distancing will continue supporters are requested to queue outside at a two metre distance the opening hours for uh, this week as you listen Monday to Friday it's open from 10 till 3 Saturday 9 to 1 and uh, Sunday they are closed because it's only people like us that put in a bit of graft on a Sunday for 40 minutes or so uh, the hours are flexible they may change the following week due to demand and you can get all the details on the website dundeeandrfc.co.uk right uh, on this day is coming up before that though we have been sitting on this for a couple of weeks 
and uh, very excited to to get it out there. Our guest this week is this man. So our guest this week on the podcast, we're heading stateside to Johnny Russell. How are you, Johnny? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Listen, uh, time differences and all, here we are. We've uh, we've got it set up and ready to go. Uh, obviously, we, uh, we'll we we'll dig you nice and early. You had to cancel on us yesterday because of a double shift. How was it? No, no apologies. Uh, tough, man. Tough. It's uh, pretty warm out here now, so... They sprung it on his last minute that we were getting a double, so no, no ideal. <laughs> That's, I, I, what, I mean, what, just start on that. What's it like just now out there for you, weatherwise and everything? Because you, are you, if you can uh, update, uh, are you I'll going through you. pre-season stuff just now? Is that kind of the aim? Aye, so we've got this uh, Orlando tournament coming up, so that's at the start of July, really, for that. So kind of in the middle of like our second pre-season in about three months, so. Mental, but it's it's thirty two degrees right now. I've just checked the temperature there, so <laughs> no bad. You, you'd be you'd rather be in a in the in the uh, sea at St Andrews, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, don't know about that. Running the sand dunes, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right uh, to start us off, Johnny. Can you take us back to your kind of earliest memories of kicking a ball and how it ended up getting from that to being picked up by United? Uh, I just always always had a ball wherever I went um, no matter where it was I always made sure that was me, with me and then I think I joined my first team when I was like four or five always with them for years and then it was uh, they were always older so they were like a year or two older than me and I was always tiny as a kid I think it was the first year they go to like 11 a side um, they basically said to me that Oh, you're, you're too small we can't can't basically take you and that was like that was hard to take when I was a as a wee kid so I left them went to another team I'd done a year there and then obviously the year after that they wanted me to go back and I was like nah no chance like and I've, I've sort of kept that throughout my whole career if somebody's if somebody's good to me then I'll like I'll continue to remain loyal. I'd never go behind their back. But as soon as someone does that to me, then nah, like it's my attitude changes towards it. But so that was, I mean, that was early getting my f- sort of first tasty like a rejection. Um, so just use that. Uh, but the, like the team, I, the team I played with originally, it was like it was all my mates that I, like round about me. It was like their families and that. So it was like people I'd grew up with and I had to go and start again a brand new team but I mean there was a few boys I went to in that team that I'm still mates with now so I mean it, was, it worked out and I was there till I was about probably about 12 or 13 when I uh, signed for United And how did that come about you, you actually getting picked up? So that year uh, we played a lot of tournaments and uh, I think it was we played a tournament in Blackpool where there was a scout for Leeds there uh, they wanted me to go to Leeds but I was like 11, 12 still young and I was like I can't move away like they wanted me to go down there and go through school and stuff like that 
I said, I can't move away. And then the next one was uh, Motherwell. And that came about just before United. We played a tournament in Lenzer. And uh, Graham Livingston was there, who was obviously head of recruitment at that time. And uh, like he spoke to me and uh, like offered me a trial to begin with. So played a trial game in Dumfries. And uh, went down there. Mum drove me down to Dumfries for the game. Scored a hat-trick in the game. And he said to me after the game, you want to sign? I was like, aye. Let's do it. So uh, <laughs> it started started with him, I and that was it. There for there for ten years. Mm. So when you sign with them that young, are you still sort of just living and training? Is it kind of once a week or something down in Glasgow or or whatever? Else? I think it was. I think it was. Uh, I think it was twice a week. So the majority of our younger teams were Glasgow boys. So they had Dundee training for the for the Dundee boys. I'm sure it was like Tuesday or Thursday or something like that. And uh, I, we trained. We trained at Fur Hill. We trained in Bathgate. We trained uh, a few other places. We trained, but mainly, mainly sort of Bathgate. Uh, I mean, we had some some boys going through there, so we did. Um, it was always it was always fun to be fair. And then I got to no, I don't get the noise to be fair, but I got to like probably about fifteen. I just. Disappeared, didn't they? go back. Levy, like Levy was phoning me, managers were phoning me, couldn't get a hold of me. And uh, it was actually Puggy, uh, Diggy Robertson, eventually got a hold of me. He's like, You better get fucking ass back here. Like, stop fucking <laughs> about. So I went back. I'll never forget. They went into it's, uh, where we trained at Bathgate. So you walk into the facility and there's like German, like all that there. And all the boys are like, Give me a bit. And uh, Levy was there, Graham Livingston was there, and he, he was like, Johnny, come here. And I was like, oh, shit, here we go. And uh, he sat me down, so I'm face to face with him. And he just looked at me and went, don't ever fuck me about again. And he just stood up and left. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, fuck. But uh, after <laughs> that, it was, it was brand new. It was, just a, it was just a mad stage that you're 15, you're seeing all your mates going and doing stuff. By that time, we were training like four or five nights a week. So it was like, Training a lot of sacrifice. Uh, like Friday nights and stuff like that and my mates are more like going out or that but like they're all going and doing stuff and I'm sitting there like I can't go out Friday I can't go out Saturday because I've got a game on a Sunday I'm like yeah. I, don't, I don't see my mates so I just went on a hiatus for like three months and <laughs> 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 uh, I, I, went back. At, at what point do like obviously when you're there before you sign your deal are, are you still fo- <laughs> apart from that moment are you focused on just being a, a footballer or was there did like the school come into it are you just going to school and going through the motions or motions I I just didn't see I, school served no purpose for me that's the way I looked at it I just I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't see how school was going to help me get there. And then I was actually not kicked out of school, but it was basically like there was the under 19 used to go to a, a tournament in January. It was always like Turkey or something like that, Cyprus, I'm sure. And I asked to go, and they said no. And I went. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it was like right before the exams in February so basically I came back and it was just like like we're wasting each other's time here so that's uh, 
I left school in probably the about the January, February then when I got back and it just basically went straight up. Uh must have just been turning sixteen at the time. So I that was that was I just I mean I like going to school and seeing my mates and that but I spent more time in like dogging classes and actually going to them. So I was like probably not good for the younger viewers here and I stick in school but <laughs> uh, it was just uh, I just it was just I just couldn't wait to go to be honest because I mean I didn't know I was getting a, a contract but I always had in my mind that that's what was going to happen mm-hmm. and, and luckily it did yeah but see like for, for yourself like did you at the time do you ever think your your size would come into it as well you know there's been that old adage you know people pe- uh, players are too small or had you missed that when you were coming through and it didn't matter if you were tall or small or whatever I mean it, I got it a lot like I was I was tiny and skinny and but I never really got oh you're, you're too I mean you hear it now and then like oh you're too small even when I went on loan like obviously I went on loan to play as a centre forward but like in those leagues they were like you're too small so, I mean, I, I always got it, and then I wish I would have started earlier at United, but like it got to a certain point just before I left, and then when I went to England, where I started like tr- actively try to bulk up, mm. and it helped. It definitely helped, which is why I like I'm pissed that I didn't do it right at the start mm. when I was a wee kid because there was a lot of boys doing it. At the time and we used to go to the gym and that a lot, but like going fuck about play tennis and that like so I was like Swanee told me doing it off, were they doing it off their own back or did they get were they were you guys advised to do it so as a youngster? No really as a youngster, they sort of brought it through more when we moved to St Andrews. Uh there'd be like a Tuesday and a Thursday, the, their strength coach. Um mm-hmm. he would he would take his but then it was really it was off your own back, but when you were younger, especially then, it was different now, but we had a crazy amount of jobs to do. Like you just didn't have didn't have time like to do yeah. it. So it was like you're just knackered and you're like, the last thing I want to do is go and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean it's it's definitely it's a bigger part of the game now. So I mean Times change, but I wish I just wish I had done it a bit earlier. Mm. What What was it like signing your your pro deal and then basically getting flung in for a debut after a handful, I think, under nineteens uh, games? I so it was I was mad. So I mean, there was one point where I was I was playing for the the seventeens, the nineteens on the bench and coming on for the reses, and I was playing for my school as well on the same week. And then I had to play like crazy amount of games, and then that was I think I signed. I don't even know when I signed, and then like you said, made a I'd been making appearances for the nineteens, but I'd only really started playing maybe five or six games, and then the last two games of the season was involved in the squads and I was just thinking oh, a young boy getting taken on the bus with the boys and that and then obviously you're going there you're getting stripped 
So you're like buzzing, and then last ten minutes of both games, uh, Craig Levine chucked me on. So mental, like mad few months going for basically being at school to then going and making your debut. Mm. Can you remember the goalkeeper for Falkirk that day when you made your debut? No. Kasper Schmeichel. Was it? Yeah. Kasper Schmeichel. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was on loan there, eh? You never even scored against him. He's not even that good, Johnny. <laughs> I don't know. I can always remember. I always remember it. I'm sure uh, my first touch all get played in. I mean, I was nervous and took like a touch to the side and uh, you're not in centre-half bar that played for them. Oh, he was a big dirty me. bugger. Cracked me and I was like, oh, fuck this, man. <laughs> <laughs> 17 years old, I'm just going to get battered for the rest of my should've, life. Should have stuck in at scale. <laughs> no, I know. So, I know, but no, nah, it was... So you've just done 17 then. Do you then move up mm-hmm. to, to Dundee and go into the digs? Because we know there's stories I already, there. I was, already, uh, I was already in the digs by that point. Okay. So when I was at school, like there would be, like if it was school holidays or days off or something like that, I would go to the digs. So I was already doing that for like 14, 15, mm-hmm. where you would go there. Um, and it was just carnage. Like, especially at that age, I mean, you can't you kind of try and keep yourself to yourself when you're young, just stay away from them. But I just, they would find you, like they'd come into your room or, something they would try and rope you into doing stuff and if you wouldn't do it they'd just come into your room and attack you it was mental <laughs> the amount of times I'd, you'd come back and you'd come back into your room and you, there's nothing in your room bed was gone mattress gone <laughs> like, all your clothes everything gone for your room TV the lot everything gone <laughs> and it's just used to do like submission matches I'm sure uh, <laughs> some goody uh, the women at it ran the digs caravan and her husband Steve had a son called Gary as well <laughs> I'm trying to remember the second one I think it was Burma I think it was Goody and Greg Burnett and uh, they were doing like submission moves to this boy and Goody's got him in some like crazy armbar <laughs> he's broke he broke the boy's arm <laughs> <laughs> he tried to get him tried to get the boy to tap the boy wouldn't tap and Goody snapped his arm <laughs> Uh, how's that this how, is mental how do they explain that how do you explain it I mean I thought like, we just done it so it would be any any argument and the digs was usually settled by a submission um, or somebody would just randomly come out and call you out or not even call you out just come and attack you and it would just be all the boys and it was like so when you walked in, it was like the main living room and then it, we had like a wee patio bit where the pool table was. It was like a conservatory with a pool table and then there was like another four or five rooms down the corridor. So like everyone would just be in that living room and there'd just be like two boys going at it like attacking each other. Um, Sounds like the Royal um, Rumble you've just described. I, I was pretty, I'm pretty much like that. Um, <laughs> and then it, that sort of escalated to with that with one pair of boxing gloves in at Tanadice in like the third changing room and like you would get a, you'd get a glove each and it'd be like <laughs> boys just I think it's now the manager's office um, but that used to be like a it was like a third changing room there was a couple of weights and stuff like that in it and uh, yeah you had one hand each and <laughs> I always remember one it was a brilliant one uh, Andy Shara and 
Geno, Jenison, Whitey Williams. So they were, I can't remember, I have no idea what the story was, but they were arguing for ages. And it eventually got to the stage, boys were like, right, fight. So like, <laughs> both, both of them were up for it. And uh, so they're like, sort of feeling each other out, you know, like, after the first, <laughs> sorry, my daughter's just ran down. Um, so after like the first couple of like me jabs and that feeling each other out and then somebody always hits somebody harder than they should and then it kicks off <laughs> so I think it was I think it was Geno that hit Landis and Andis has went for him but Geno has like slipped him and like just caught him in the chin and he's went straight down well like he's got up and he's like hey, who tripped me who tripped me and we're like nah mate you just got you just got cleaned <laughs> Uh, what the, who, did, who did you share digs with who, who was in your t- and how long were you in the digs as well I was in the digs for maybe two or three years and then I moved to moved to City Key um, and like Streaky's house and then I moved to the other side of City Key like a few like streets back I don't know whose house that was we felt and then I moved to in Stuart so I was bounced about all over the place I moved to Inchtour with uh, Goody Davey Robertson and Barry Douglas and how many hooses has Wilkie got? Abdi stayed in a Wilkie half a Dundee he doesn't have half but uh, we it was a it's terrible yeah she's getting tambourines and drums out here she's going to come a racket here uh, we were looking after Big Streaky's house so we are staying in it and looking after it looking after it I love that phrase uh, looking after it this is how well we looked after it so his son had a snake that they kept in the house so we were looking after it like obviously you go and buy the wee mice and stuff like that but it got to the end of the season and we forgot <laughs> so we've we've left and uh came back forgot to give this snake water forgot to feed it so we wait for a few weeks when we come back it's just a snake skin there and we're like oh fuck we're like somebody's going to have to phone him we're like somebody <laughs> needs to phone Streaky and we're all shiting shiting ourselves and we're like who's, who's, who's doing it so I can't remember who eventually phoned him but I can't remember how we decided it either just well, somebody had to phone Streaky and I think it might have been good eventually they're like good, it needs to be you. So good, he's phoned them. They sort of <laughs> we forgot. Like we're sorry, Matt, but he was he was brand new. Yeah. Danny Swanson told us that uh, there was a couple of times in training that boys like Lee Wilkie were just going to smash him. Like, and he was like, imagine Lee Wilkie uh, smash. See if, you, was... <laughs> if you tried something, see if you tried something. If you tried to like do a trick on Megram or something like that. Next time you get a box, <laughs> you're getting fucking annihilated. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Swanee telling a story where he was arguing with I can't remember who he was arguing he was arguing with McArthur with Craig Levine for a bit and Kev Smith got the ball and you've never seen a tackle like this like Kev knocked the ball Kev knocked the ball by him and Streaky just came in and like wiped him clean out and Levine's lost it and just like sent him in but you just see big freaky storming in after it, man. And uh, <laughs> the other one, he, he cracked Cova as well. We were doing, I think we were doing set pieces at Tanadice. I don't know if they were like hitting into each other or something like that and it started getting a bit lippy, like <laughs> do it again, see what happens and stuff like that and bouncing back and forth. Two of them 
like went for each other. And I mean, it wasn't even like it wasn't a big punch, but it was like <laughs> lethal man, lethal flattened Cove. I don't know. If he, I don't know if he done something to Cove's jaw. I think he actually, I think he broke something or like gave him a massive like black eye. Mm. But no, that was. You just see that power, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. So, once I said, so said that, um, guys like uh, Darren Dodds, Lee Wilkie, the training was like a game, it was a serious, Aye. Ass, you know, Aye. just uh, over there, just pure professionals. Like, there was no like they were like the epitome of like every training session is like a game, like somebody else would like certain days and that, like, you know, you could. Like relax a wee bit and we'll go through the motions, but look after yourself a wee bit. No worry to about honestly, just carnage. Like and the two of them are just massive, mm-hmm. so it was like we had a lot of wee guys. And you're just getting hit off these boys, but I mean it's good. It's good to practice. But I was always, I was always younger, and smaller with like boys like that. And like somebody like Streaky, like you see him, I'll terrify them. But he was brand new, like honestly, such a nice guy. So, no, he was he was always good with me. To be fair, that all of them were like mm. coming through. Uh, I used to travel with Mark Kerr when I first started getting involved with the first team. So, like I was supposed to stay in the digs and that, but I would sneak away back home because we stayed in the same stayed in Coat Bridge. So, like he would always like take me, pick me up in the morning and that. But I got to the point where we started clocking on it and they're phoning me saying, "Oh, like where are you?" And I'd be like, "Oh, I'm in the digs." And they're like, "All right." Uh, and you'd go and do like such and such like knowing so well I was back down the road and I was like oh, I know I get fucking back home aren't you and I was like, <laughs> so they, start, they started fining me for it so I started I stopped doing it after that <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> two seconds <laughs> like, making so much mess and noise Um, I saw so that was uh what was that? Mm. And you mentioned uh, so, jobs. What kind of jobs were, were you doing when you were coming through? I got I got stitched with some of the jobs I was doing. I, did. I think, see if they liked you, they would test, like, like ultimate tests, like do everything to you to see if you would break or how you would take it. But I was, so my job was first team equipment, so I had to go in early, every, a bit earlier than most people. I got. I was had to clean the balls, markers, bibs, everything for training. But got to the point where they were making me clean stitching, seeing the mitre balls, the tiny wee stitches. I had to clean them on the balls. Does anybody check it? So, I so I thought I was being fly. So I would like for like the markers and stuff like that. Take like half the markers. I'd wash like the top ones, and then like the bottom ones. I just wouldn't wash them. <laughs> so they started like coming on, like taking them all off. And like they'd see all like the manky ones at the bottom. And uh, like I'd get shit for that. And uh, <laughs> one was a, a so I had to make sure that was at training as well. So I had to pack the bus, like put it all on, get off, put all their equipment out, carry the goal like we all carried the goals down, screw the goals on and that. But if Edmund wasn't there then like I would get an absolute doing for it. They'd make you run like the, the stairs in Tanadice. So you had to do like all the steps and down and that, or they'd make you run laps to the pitch and you had to do it in a certain time. And uh, there was one that Big John Gibson was on goalkeeper equipment and a youth team, Big Gibby. 
I think he was sick one day. So Tomo said that he said to me about the the goalie equipment. I'm adamant to this day didn't say a word to me. <laughs> so we went to the uh, we went to the training, and it was it was one of from Paradise's. You know when you go over and down the hill, and it's a college mm-hmm. or the uni. Gar- Gardine College. Aye, so there was pitches in behind it, beside the, the wee school. Yeah, well, it's a, I'll either be uh, I'll either be the uh, Craigie or uh, uh, Curtin, won't it? Uh. The other way. No, I'll be I, can't be, I can't remember the name. Of it. Might have been a high school. Um, yeah. So we got there. Goalie balls on me there. And they're going mental. Who's no brought them? And uh, like somebody stitched me up and says, "Oh, Johnny was meant to bring them." And like they're, they're giving me a bit for it. And I was like, "It's not my job." I, like, I didn't do it. It wasn't meant to be me. Because I said something back. They made me run back <laughs> to Tannadice and my boots. I'm running up. Like I'm running up the central reserves. Like oh, the King- up Kingsway. Aye, uh, up the Kingsway. <laughs> Like, all my training gear, my boots, running up the Kingsway. <laughs> got back to, got back to the stadium. Somebody had already told Cat the kit man. Somebody had already told him, so like he like dropped me off like halfway, but like just before you get back in, so I've ran back down. But I was knackered. It took me about <laughs> fifty minutes to get back, and uh, went back and they put me like straight into a big massive possession. <laughs> and like I, I just couldn't move and I was getting slaughtered in that as well and uh, <clears throat> we played one played a bounce game in, in Tanadice and I was a young like young kid and that so I was like just trying to get through everything balls bouncing I've went here I've hit a volley but uh, Morgaro's put his studs up so I've volleyed his studs and at the time I'm thinking oh, like that's agony but I thought it's just like one of the ones in the top of your foot is just going to be agony and then you get over it so I was down for a bit and Levine's going mental he's like get up get up and at the time I was wearing the I don't know if you remember them it was like like paper thin pumas they were like black and the puma thing was brown mm-hmm. so it was like no protection on these things so he's like I get back up get back up like, got back up and I've went on the side as like one of the wee extra men that you play passes to in that Somebody's played my pass and I went to knock it back in. As soon as it's hit my foot, I've just like crumbled over. He slaughtered me again. So I've like <laughs> looked at my foot and there was like a gash about that big. Like and you could see in my foot, like my foot had just like split open. And uh, he was still giving me a bit and big Kenza was there. And he's like, you need to tell him. So I like hobbled over and I was like, gaffer, I, I, like, I can't. He looked at it and he just went, get in. <laughs> but then that was literally... So that happened, and literally by the time I got in, got into the physio bed, Conway came in. I think it was the first time he broke his foot. So me and him, like he's drove me up to the, the hospital, <laughs> broken foot. I've got a big hole in my foot, and uh, I it was just like stuff like that, man. You just mentally like, trying to get through it because you don't want don't want the raffy. Eh? <laughs> but I, uh, I loved it, there, man. What was a Levine preseason like? It's just torture. Absolute torture. Like, um, even when I was younger, like, people were like, oh, young boys can run for days. I was never, I've never been a good distance runner. Like, if it's like me sprints, doggies, stuff, I'll do that all day. But we're running for like 
20 minutes doing like camp a camper down like run it one way five minute rest run it the other way and you're like, fucking <laughs> hell man like I was honestly it was just it was mental and then he took us to took us to Condom our broth he mm-hmm. used to make us do it there and that was just I have no even words to describe that it was just that was a slog but he would make you run he would do runs and if somebody wouldn't get in any time he'd make you all do it again and he would continue to do it until that person made it so this person isn't making it the first time so when you come to 6th or 7th you're never making it <laughs> but then you start losing it like you're trying to get them through the first couple oh, come on man, come on gets to like Five, six, seven, you're raging at them. Like you're ready for killing them. And it's like he knows that. So he just, I think it was uh, the last one was we were doing like, it was like sprints, but it was like a big distance. And I think it was uh, Damien Castle Noble's first pre season. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he was just coming off like a calf injury. <laughs> and he couldn't, he couldn't move. Like he couldn't even run at the time. And he was in my group, man. I was just like, I was like it's like a kid so I'm like I can't I can't say anything to this boy because they basically brought him in to like, play I was like I can't say anything man, but I'm I'm going to smash him when we get to play <laughs> but, <laughs> but no it's, it's just some of the the runs you'd, like a thousand metre runs in certain times the times were just so unachievable at times man. you're just like there's no way I'm making no this so you're already defeated uh, Swanee threw uh, Gary Kenneth under the bus he said that he was the end that struggled to get the times a lot of the, a lot of the time I, yeah, I'd be like at, look at my kids I was never going to make times are they He's not, he's not, he's not built for that, man. Big man was never built for that, man. Uh, well, uh, obviously, it's well known you went out on loan. And did your loan spell like four from that? Did that give you the, the physical side of what you were going to be up against? I mean, you mentioned that a wee bit earlier, but we've said it to people before that when you go drop down the levels, you feel the elbow in the back aye. of the head. You feel the kicks in the cuts. Aye. Because uh, I'd been playing like 17s, 19s and sort of coasting through games or like I was flying at the time and they were just basically saying like you're, you're not going to play 19s again uh, we want you to go on loan it's very awful with that castle <laughs> and uh, that was brilliant I loved it there so like but you're going I mean you think you've got it hard we were training every day and then Tuesday and Thursday is when they would train so I was like I would train United on the Tuesday morning Thursday morning and then I'd go and train at night that'd be fucking hell week but then you've got boys who have been working for five, six in the morning, yeah. finish at six, driving straight to four, four, or we trained at McDermott as well for like the Glasgow boys. And like, yeah, like these boys are doing a full shift, coming training, and then going home, doing it again the next day. And then even some of the boys were doing shifts before games on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And like that really made me like appreciate, like, you've not got it. You've not got it tough compared to them. I'm not saying it's like, a bad way of life I'm just saying it's like it's not uh, as good no it's not and what was Dick Gumbel like a legend I love Dick Gumbel absolute legend that guy Um, he was up for manager of the year this year I see to be honest just brilliant him and his brother absolute comedy Joe Um, (laughs) are they like good cop bad cop 
Uh, I mean, they they don't really try to be the two of them, just slaughter you. Like, there's no... <laughs> but then, like, there'd be times where Dick would be, like, going through boys and, like, his brother would be, like, bouncing about, like, trying to tell boys stories and, like, making jokes and that. You're, like, terrorised here and you're, you're bouncing about like this. But no, they, the two of them, they were brilliant. They worked well together. We used to do some mad stuff in training as well, like, absolutely freezing cold nights and everyone's in like shorts and that and for warm-ups you're playing slaps so everyone's like down and basically you're no ball involved you're just like shuffling about and people are just scalping you like <laughs> you come in after training you've just got like fingerprints all over your legs just or like if you lose if you lose a game like full team on the line boys will just leathering balls at you and that it was just <laughs> just like old school stuff like that but it was brilliant like just completely, I just no used to it at all yeah. and then doing stuff like that but uh, even even games and that he was yeah, he was brilliant he made you he made you feel good going into games like he would like he would give you a bit like slaughter you a wee bit but you knew it was like like in a good way good hearted way didn't mean it um, mm-hmm. but no I, I loved it for first I did it was uh, first taste like obviously going for like playing 19s to like guys are playing for like their livelihoods and it's like you have to adjust quickly and like get into that sort of mindset but like playing against some of the boys and that and like just like getting balls way down the other side you're getting a elbow in the back of the head or like we stupid shit like you see like twisting your back like grabbing the skin and twisting it or your like back of your arm just daft me things like that and you're like what the fuck is this <laughs> Corn, like corners getting your feet stamped on just just mad stuff we played a game I can't I can never for the life of me remember who it is it's just a big like meathead centre half and uh, he smashed me and then the next one he's trying to smash me but I've like lifted the ball over him and as I'm like jumping over him I've left my studs and like caught, like swung them back and caught him. He just went insane, like threatening <laughs> to break my legs and all that, like absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, just mad stuff. Like you're just a kid and you've got a grown man basically telling you he's going to end your career, man. You're like, fuck. <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> as well, like, you know, you, off, <laughs> you, you go up to, you train at fourth, uh, to a four for Tuesday and a Thursday mm-hmm. you're then going back in the digs and I'm assuming that's still carnage that late at night <laughs> aye so you get back in you get back in there late at night some boys would still be up uh, some boys obviously be sleeping in that and that's when literally it would happen most nights like I would be involved in like all the shit that goes on in the digs but I mean I'd go back for training before and I'd like I wouldn't have a bed in that like, I'd be on the we'd like a wee roof and the I mean, it's, it was the front of the house, but we never used the front of the house. We always came in the back because that's where the wee car park was. But you come out there and, like, on the front door, there was, like, that wee roof over the top of it. Your bed would be on it. And you're like, <laughs> come up. You need to climb out a window, try and get your bed back in the window, or, like, just throw it onto the ground and carry it upstairs. And grab your knackers are just like, fuck, that's What was the, the landlady saying about all, this, all these shenanigans <laughs> going on? I mean, we had we had rules in that, but uh, like just basically house rules. She sort of just let carnage happen. Sometimes, like <laughs> she would instigate it. Like she loved it. 
She would. Uh, it was her putting your bed like, on the roof. Uh, I, I know, but no, she would like. She would like call you in to see how you were doing and stuff like that. And uh, like she was really, really close to the boys and that. But then she would like, she'd let slip. Oh, like such and such has said this or done that. And you'd be like, what? Huh? <laughs> 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 so you'd go and take it out and I'm like, birthdays were the worst. See if it was if you were in the digs or if you were in training on your birthday. I was. I've seen some bad stuff <laughs> man, so, like, honestly st- stuff you couldn't stuff you can't even say and uh, boys boys naively to begin with used to come in and like our family would get them like new clothes new tracky or something like that the end of the day that thing's cut up like it's gone like cut into shreds boys are like when you come out the tunnel at Tannadice you've got that like ash bit mm. and it was always it was just always a bog. The water used to drain into it. Boys, like, brand new gear getting, jump, boys jumping on it and that. <laughs> so it was just, like, ruined. I've seen boys, I think it was, it was Billy Russell who played in 19s. It was his birthday the day a game. And we played it, uh, played it one of the amateur game uh, pitches. And he thought, oh, it's a game, I'm getting away with it. Finished the game, we won the game. And uh, he's been he get tied to the goalpost naked after the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was mental. Like, it was just absolutely mental. But if you were in the stadium when it was your birthday and the first team found out as well it was your birthday, you were getting battered. They used to lock in the, lock in the boot room. You'd get like the boot polish dubbing. They like put it all over your body and your mouth, brush your teeth with it and that. You're just like, that's just... Uh, was yeah, there anybody you that... Was there anybody that just couldn't take it? Because there's always somebody, surely there's always somebody who just snaps. You know No, like, I think you couldn't be just, like that in there because any sort to. of sign, aye, any sign of weakness in there and you were just picked on. Aye. aye. So, like, it, it did get to you but you're just like, like, laugh through it, get through, get through it and then you'll be <laughs> all right. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just kept happening, it kept coming, man. It, see, the thing is, it was like 18 years in there. You're just bored. There's nothing to do after yeah. training and that. We're in there all night. And then I just want to touch on it a wee bit. Like, boys in the bookies, that was that was bad. I seen, like, a lot. So we were on the youth team. It was like a set contract. You were on 390 a month. So, like, boys would get their, get their wage straight to the bookies on the Perth Road. Gone. Wages gone. Tapping the boys. Next month, wages gone. Like, boys were just getting myself into mad debt. So, like, I seen that from young. So, I knew going into the digs, like, I was like, I'm, I'm no betting. And still to this day, I don't gamble. Like, I don't, like, another, another bet. I went through a stage, I put on like five or two. But now I'm not even allowed to bet on football. So, no. I like, I just, there's nothing, nothing to bet on. So, I ain't seen that. Definitely, like, put me off it. Whereas, if I sort of went into the, the dig's not knowing about it. You never believe you maybe get caught up in it. Mm. But you, I, it was that was bad. Yeah. When you uh, when you come back for Forfa, you're obviously keen to kick on and whatever, but you end up going to Wraith Rovers in a pivotal mm-hmm. season that we're now discussing, obviously. But again, you you obviously want to stay, but then do, do you just see the, the the kind of opportunity to go to Wraith and play again and know you're probably so, going to play more? I went I went to Forfa and I thought. I'm, I done well. I thought 
I'm going to come back and get more chances, be involved. And at that time, we had, I'm sure, John Daly, Noel Hunt, Goody, and the Shava, Damien Castellanovo. Uh, I don't know if Danny was there at the time, Danny Cadamashi. I don't know if he was there at the time. Uh, the season we won the uh, 09 10, he was. The season we won the Cup. Uh, uh, then we had Sandaza. We had Sandaza. Sandaza was there. We had another boy, I'm sure it was Russo. So we had like, I was like basically 10th in line, right? To, and they said, like, you're basically, you're last here. I was like, no bother. And I can't remember if it was between loan spells. I think it was between loan spells. So Goody had went to, Goody had went to Rafe. So I knew, like, Rafe was a good place to go. And I loved it there as well. Loved it at Rafe. I ended up training, like, at Rafe full time. So it was maybe Tuesday or Thursday, but there were some boys that were, so half your team was part time, half was full time. So I ended up, uh, I ended up just going there full time, um, and that season. <laughs> and then I think I came back, or it was before I came back for the Ross County game. I can see she's over here. Um, I came back and I, I scored in a cup game. I think it was between I scored in a cup game and I thought I would. I'm going to be back and then Levine was said in his like after game like press stuff he was like oh he's he's done well uh, his reward is he's going back to Rafe tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and uh, went back to Rafe for the, for the season and then obviously semi-final uh, what did you think I, when you seen the draw I was like I knew it was coming I knew it was coming it was like my first time that I was going to get to go and play in Hamden I was like, I'm going to, we're going to be Rafe United and I'm not going to get to play. So the draw happened and then I went in the next day and they're like, don't even ask. And I was like, fuck. I was like, can I not play? And they're like, no. And you know what, I'm gutted. But then if, if you play in the game and you do well and like you score or something like that and United go out and come back to United and they're like oh shit man nobody likes you I've got uh, I know I've, like, I've got a lot of making up to do here but I went to obviously went to that game and then got final sort of speaks for itself how does it feel it going to the game how does it feel going to the semi-final given your it's weird you know like, uh, it was like it was weird so I was like I was like I was like who's tracky did I go in here I was like that's did I go for Rafe? Did I go United? End up just going long gear. <laughs> just wearing a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. I think I went in, and uh, I just sat, and, just sat and watched it basically as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I went and seen both teams before the game as well. Like went in, seen the Rafe boys, went in, seen United boys, and then that was I just made myself scarce. Like it was like just get away from here. So it was just just a weird one. Obviously, just wanting wanting to play want to be involved but I mean I can see why I wasn't allowed to talk to us about the final weekend <laughs> carnage absolute carnage so <laughs> the game obviously the game was amazing and then we got the bus back to Dundee so I think we got to Dundee everyone's steaming right? already already steaming and uh, we and out to fatties. I think we went to like social fatties underground. We went to some like wee private function. I think it was in 
Fat Sam's. One of the boys had like sorted out like a wee back room. And the go- Polish goalies at the time were just walking about with trays of vodka, like just handing boys like shots of vodka. Oh, fuck sake. So everyone was everyone was annihilated. You'd think I'd scored the winner the way I was celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I basically like me, Goody and Swanee were really close. So I think Swanee said about it as well. Everyone was taking their, their wives in that and I like my girlfriend, like who's now my wife. Like I was with her at the time and like I was like, oh, I'm bringing that. And they're like, no, like, no chance. Like, so they like basically bullied me into like, not taking, like, not taking the message either. So it was like us three, and then they <laughs> they came up the they came up the next morning together, like for the for the tour, and then we went for like the the meal and stuff like that at night, and that was an amazing night as well. But we we're going to address Swanee's comment. Uh, the floor is yours. <laughs> Aye, so this story, this story's been flying about for years, and it's been told so many different times. Right, so we're we're drunk. I'm adamant. I was in the bed first. See, even if I wasn't in the bed first, it was my bed. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't this one's room. It was my room. <laughs> so he's like, oh. I've woke up in the morning, and he says I've rolled round, and or oh, he's rolled round. I'm just staring at him. Other way about. This guy is just stark naked. I sleep naked anyway. This guy is stark naked in my bed. And I was just like, I sort of looked at each other. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> but his room, his room was on the same floor, but he was in the other, like, other room. So I don't know what the fuck he's doing in my room. In your bed. But, <laughs> I, exactly, in my bed. But. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not worried. He was, they both were steaming, so it was nothing with a lot there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, we obviously asked him about the next day when him and Goody are on the pitch when they close on, running about See, with the trophy. I was dying. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was so hungover, and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And then you see these two idiots. Tops off doing press up, <laughs> swing a throwing up, suit into the crowd and that. Yeah, these two are just uh, like different level, but they were all, they're amazing. So they're to be around. Um, I still like when I come back in the like the winter, that when our season's finished, like we meet up and that, and uh, like go for a night out usually in Edinburgh and go for dinner and that. So still keeping contact with them now. Like, like I loved it there with the with the two of them. And then mm-hmm. obviously both of them both of them left, which is a bit shit for me, but happens, doesn't it? People move on. Mm. And what was it like when uh, Craig Levine left actually and Peter Houston took over? I that was just I mean for me, I was like gutted because it was Levine. Um but at the same point I was like, well it's Tuesday, so it's like still familiar, if you know what I mean. Um but I it didn't look like I was getting in I was getting chances here and there I think Conway got injured again I'm sure he broke his foot again he went through like two or three spells he broke his foot and eventually got an operation mm. and he he broke his foot and that's how I got in um, originally playing on the wing because it was like it was Dante and Goody and I played wide and then obviously it was the next year after Goody left that I got I went up top with Dunne and like started obviously having my good seasons. Um, but I just just mad like 
you never know how it's going to go if you're going to get in. Um, and I think sort of it's like rubbish the way it happens at times, but it's usually an injury that gets you in. Mm-hmm. And if, without without Conway getting injured that season, I probably wouldn't have got in. Yeah. So, so that that season, 2010-2011, you were on the bench against mm-hmm. Athens at home. Did you travel to the away leg to Athens? Because Paul Dixon I, told us when he was on, what was it like for you? Just mad. There was like however many thousand seat stadium and you've just got United fans like basically outside and uh, no fans there. And it was, it was just mad. The, the lead up to that game as well, we, the fans not break into the stadium and set the pitch the, on fire. The rival fans. Just, the rival uh, fans, yeah. Like the whole thing leading up to it was just just mad. Went and played in some mad places in Europe with Poland, with Russia as well. And we got to we got to Russia and uh, it was like like a group of like guys oh like oh like like, a, like around me so you don't know what you don't know what's going on they're all talking Russians so you're like what the fuck <laughs> and then eventually somebody's like went oh like oh like picture so I was like oh, of course man and then they're all whipping out these big CSK tattoos <laughs> we're about to play Dynamo and I'm like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get absolutely fucking. I'm going to leave in Russia here, man. But no, I was went there. Went Poland was mental. Um, the home leg was I, mental. Aye, aye. I mean that. Oh, aye, the fights. I forgot about the fights. It's uh, uh, mental. Um, the streets have not forgotten. Aye, that was that was carnage. But no, that that way game was just surreal, man. Just just no one there. And, uh, I mean, it was an amazing experience, but right. just, mm. just weird. Well, one game for that 2010-2011 season we need to mention is uh, you scored a goal in the game, the 3-2 win at Ibrox when Goody scored in the 89th minute. Aye. And we were, we were stuck in the corner that night as well, but Aye. only he would take it, the goal that calm as well. But it was a great Aye. night for him, a great goal. Uh, brilliant. Like, when he goes through because obviously Conway's running room. Is it Conway? Is it Conway's yeah. running room? Yeah. And he should, he should, he should square it. Everyone yeah. else squares that ball, and he he shuffles like he does the, like the wee fake one, and then slots it in. And I was just like madness, absolute madness. Um, was that was, was that another game where did you not score a bullet header that game? The header with uh, uh, Dickens oh, Cross. What, I, a, what a header! I, I was mad. I, I was getting death threats after that game. Yeah. <laughs> police got involved. I swear, police got involved and everything. Like, yeah. Saying, did I want to like press charges? No, I was like, no, that's fine. It was like, tw- it was like Twitter death threats. Yeah. Sort of <laughs> some, you mentioned- some wee boy behind the <laughs> keypad, but, you mentioned- but like, good day at that time, like, confidence the boy had. It's just, he was unbelievable. I don't know, but he was back, no wonder he was backing it up. Like, yeah. He was just, it was unplayable at that time. Ridiculous. See, when you mentioned, Johnny, you're on about when you go to England, you start beefing up and whatever. Mm. We saw a real change in Goody one summer. It's a wee bit like what Louis Yapres just went through United Cup. He's <laughs> come back massive for that season. And he's not the tallest guy. Uh, so no, so he's a bit the same height as me, maybe just slightly taller. And we were always no similar build. He was always a wee bit bigger. 
but he came back one pre-season, like left a wee run and then came back an absolute monster and it was like he was throwing boys like I'm sure it's a boy at Hearts is it Big Saint Half is it Zaliukas mm-hmm. maybe yeah he went shoulder I always remember I don't know why I always remember this he went shoulder to shoulder with him at Tanadice both of them have came in full speed and he has bounced the boy out of the box <laughs> and I'm like oh shit <laughs> just just like weird weirdly like mad strength he had like just but he obviously he put a massive lock that like that pre-season mm-hmm. and uh, I mean it helped him massively as well he was already like was already good, but that just took him to a whole new level. Uh, what was it? What was it like? Although you you did benefit when you left, but what was it like when you left? I, I was I was gutted. Like I obviously grew up with him, came through with him. He was like my he was my best mate there. Like we went through a spell. We seen each other like every day, and then for like two years in a row, like for pre season, we went on holiday with each other. So I'm like I've like seen this guy every day of my life for the past like. Two year, I was like, uh, at some point we just needed no talk, mate. And I'm sure there's a, a I'm sure there was a video on YouTube where you and Goody going to some boy's house in Dundee to get a tattoo. Aye, aye, Chris Europe. Yeah, aye, Chris Europe. Yeah. I don't know about a Goody's tattoo. Aye, <laughs> that's aye, right. Was, uh, I remember watching aye, that years ago. Goody, aye, Goody, let me do a bit of his tattoo. That was, uh, <laughs> aye, that was that was mad. But no, I was obviously I knew it was going to be good for me. Um, but at the same point, amazing, amazing for him to go and do that as well. But like you're gutted as well with your mates. Your mates mm-hmm. going, I think I was actually, I think I was sitting beside him when it happened. And uh, we're on, we're on City Key, and uh, we're just sitting there watching the telly. And, like we kind of knew it was coming. And you thought, right, mate, that's me. <laughs> Is that what? He's like, ah, it's been accepted. I'm, I'm off. I'm like, fucking hell, see you later, mate. Aye. Yeah, that, that was that was that. He was he was away that day. Aye. So, um, you know, I mean, it's fine. We were we were gutted, obviously, what it was. But you obviously Aye. come through for it. Goody goes, and we're still unsure if it was part of the deal. Gav Gunnan comes in, talk to us. <laughs> Replace one cannon with another. Gav Gunnan, honestly, I have no idea. I used to take his, uh, so I had to get up early. Because he didn't drive, like his missus was going to. I'm sure she was going to uni. She was going to train at uni in Edinburgh, and uh, he couldn't drive, so he was like, "Take my kid to nursery every morning." <laughs> For fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> so like, me and Gav were me and Gav were close, but some of the some of the stuff he done, some of the stuff he came out with, man, it was just amazing. Like you, I think you you would have heard the most of them. I just I've heard, I've heard some stuff certainly. Yeah, the Newcastle <laughs> one. I heard. Uh, I heard Dicker was speaking about the Newcastle one. Yeah, I'm pissed yeah. With fancy laugh. dress. Fancy dress in Newcastle. He's the only one that doesn't turn up. Fancy dress. <laughs> no one's. No one said. No one said to him like, "Well, uh, you're going to get a forfeit for it." And he's like, "I was my forfeit drink on piss." And like, "What?" <laughs> Pisses at the bar and just goes bang. Pink glass gone. <laughs> And we were just like, oh my god! And he, I don't think uh, I don't think he'd been in for that one. So I just like, this boy is different now. Wait, what time are you? What time are you up to? I know, I know. 
six out and I need to help Gav gone in himself <laughs> uh, I just some of the stuff he would say like he was first he was scoring as well in a game and like I could see him so like he was sitting like here and I'm like here so I can see him he's a miling so who's these slaughterers? And uh, I can just see like, like looking about like that, <laughs> like nudging people beside him. He's like, is he talking? I'm the best player in this league, and he's talking about that. <laughs> and I was like, I think we were getting. I was at half time. I think we were getting. We were getting beat at half time, and I was like, started laughing. I was like, this, this guy's an absolute. Please, <laughs> uh, I think Gav Gunnins and John. I know just... that's. Yeah, that's on the floor. <laughs> mental, absolute yeah. mental, honestly. Gav Gunnan, kindergarten oh cop. The mess, the mess he's made behind <laughs> me as well. That's alright. So, um, no, he was, uh, uh, he was, he was mad, but, but brilliant guy, brilliant guy, just, just mad. <laughs> The thing is, as Some well, just, I think that felt different. Screwless. The, the, the first spell when when he got on a run of form, he was he was great for us. I was brilliant. I was brilliant. He's he was so good at reading the game and he was so good with his feet as well so, so good at playing out and that was massive for us the way we were playing at that point um, just very good very good with his feet um, and then obviously the second spell didn't <laughs> go so great ended in the best fashion I've ever seen but boy uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, he's just got it doesn't mean anything like that bad he's just got that in him he just doesn't think just acts and uh, he's like, after that, he's like, oh, fuck. Johnny, <laughs> you should have been at Tandice when he done it because the disbelief in all our faces uh, were like, what? what? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, um, well, I've never seen him like it. <laughs> did we. That season were John Daly, Sean Dillon, John Rankin, kind of the older heads that, that kept the dressing room <laughs> on on a level or as, as, as really behaved tried. as it could. <laughs> <laughs> they tried. <laughs> they tried. You couldn't eat. You couldn't contain the changing rooms. We had the boys in it. You, you couldn't contain it. You had, to, I mean, you had to try your best to make sure it didn't go too far. But we had at St Andrews. We had a dartboard, and the darts were thrown more at people than they were the board. <laughs> and, uh, I can't remember who it was. It threw a dart, and I'm sure it. I don't know if it went in. I don't know if it was Miller that threw it. Mark Miller that threw it. Or get hit with it. But if, if it was him that threw it, I think it stuck in Mark McCallum's leg, the goalkeeper. <laughs> threw a dart and it stuck in his leg. <laughs> and uh, that, that was the last straw. They took the, the dartboard away. But we used to play like chicken where we'd sit at the far side of the change room and like you'd have your foot out and boys were like lobbing darts to see <laughs> how close you can get to somebody's foot. Just like. Uh-huh. Mad professional mad football players trying to uh, injure each other's feet <laughs> Michael, Michael Garding Barry Douglas was in an ice bath in the showers Midge <laughs> Midge just jumped on the side so it was like the black wheelie bins Midge just jumped on the side <laughs> shot in the ice bath <laughs> <laughs> it was absolute carnage he had boys like, there were boys purposely not going to the shower when there was certain boys in it, because you get like you get pissed on, or like <laughs> shit. It just it was just carnage. Like the young boys just stayed away for like that team. The young boys just stayed away for it. Like they would come in and check 
like certain rooms and they wouldn't go into them. I think uh, John Souter still says it like when we've been away with Scotland and that. Like he's like, oh, I used to check, tells the boys and that. He's like, I used to check rooms if Johnny was in it, I wouldn't go in. I'm like, he's make me out like a fucking bully here, man. But I was like, like that was just, we never done it. Nothing was ever bad there, obviously, just for the young boys coming into that. They're just like, nah, like, not for me. <laughs> like, ranks, ranks, down into that. They used to try and like, keep a lid on it, but at a certain point, you just need to start laughing and get involved in it as well. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that season, GMS joined us. Is it true you were part of the the car group that stole for KFC. I was in the car, right? But I didn't steal for KFC. <laughs> He's driving. He's driving. It's his, it's his decision. That was that was that was his, I'm sure that was his first night, and uh, went went to KFC. Good pros. And uh, well, at him, yeah, we do this all the time. Like when the gears are food, like drive off. Like, like no, no, you know how like. Like well spoken and that, yeah, like Gaz is. And he's like, no, 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 I can't do it. Like, oh, no, do it. Like, do it. Like, get a shite bag. You won't do that. Shite bag. Like, all that stuff. And he's obviously, his first day, he's peer like, pressure. I, don't want, I don't want to be seen like this. Gave any peer pressure. Got, gets the food, takes off. It takes <laughs> off. And we're all like, I can't believe you've done it. And he's like, no, we don't do that. Like, we've never done that. I'm, I'm positive. I'm sure he went back. Like later on at night, because he like he couldn't like he couldn't deal with. It. I'm sure he went back and I like, gave him the money, but <laughs> ah, that was he could he could peer pressure any like no one was safe from it. He could peer pressure anyone mm. in that, like in that team. What was he? What was he like when he came in? Because I mean, we saw it in the park, obviously, but nightmare uh, training. He would just do stuff to you. You just hate him for man. He's, I mean. I'm in Swanee. Some of the stuff they used to do in, in training, like, just like, I always remember the the St. Johnson game. Yep. When he, he's done like the back, like flip flap. Still done a thing. What he done? He's crossed the ball in, and I was still like, <laughs> "Fuck, has he done it?" If I see if I'm paying attention, I'll probably score. But he's like cut the ball back, and I was still like. What's just happened? <laughs> I, like, what? Yeah, and I was like in disbelief. I was like, I wouldn't even yeah. think to try that. Never mind pull it off. But yeah, well, just, just think how just... Dave McKay felt then. Can you're standing in the middle oh. of the box, no believing it? Dave McKay's under uh, ten, both legs. Uh, he's still he's still standing there. <laughs> 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 but no, that was mental. Yeah. There's obviously, you know, turnover the way United have been, you know, players go, I think Swanee left that, someone, whatever. But like you mentioned already, Midge Gardine and Mark Miller come in, which, given any stories, that's a quiet dressing room. Aye, the, car- the cartel. Um, we used to travel together and called, called ourselves a cartel. Um, <laughs> the two of them, maniacs, two of them, absolute brilliant guys, like, still keep in contact with them, but just... Mental, right? I honestly, it must have been. That must have been part of the recruitment for that team. They just checked to see if, if, like, you, were a head case. if you were mentally stable or not, and if you were not, they would sign you. Uh, but uh, I threw them, threw them mental. Mark Miller was an absolute legend. Like they were, it was brilliant. You couldn't get near him. Like his ability on the ball was amazing. But they were getting on to him about his weight. 
and uh, we would eat lunch and then we would we would head back down the road. We used to go down the back roads for five back into like Glasgow. And uh, it was like 15, 20 minutes away from St Andrews. There was a there was a wee village and they had a they had a roll shop called I think it was Munch or Munchies or something like that. So we used to stop on the way back every day. And I would be getting like rolls and sausage fucking like <laughs> everything on him about his weight. And he'd like to beat well when we're there every day as soon as we're on the way back, man, he'd be terrorising the shop. But it was <laughs> it would, literally it'd only be ranks it wasn't eating for there. He shows her because he was fucking ripped out of his head. But <laughs> was, the rest of us arsehole sitting in the cars smashing like rolls and sausage and that. Uh, that season, August 2012, Derby at Tanadice, a Johnny Russell double, a red card. What happened? <laughs> you might just sco- got rescinded, there wasn't a red card. <laughs> but the, really true. Man, it was like it's a derby game, you know, it's going to be a bit of I mean, handbags, isn't it? Like a wee bit of a late tackle, the two is like having a wee shove on the ground, like even my yellow card each. It's mm-hmm. like shut up, like stop it, like go on with it. But I talk to her about the goal. I kind of ruined it, man. I like, ah, no, like, see, the thing is, like, I was so raging about that because I, I still thought if I would have stayed on, I was thinking hat trick, hat trick's on. Mm. And I thought, I'm getting it. And then that happens. I just like, it's kind of took away for the day a wee bit. But I, the, <laughs> the goal, if it doesn't go in, big dinty and it's going to kill me. He's made an absolute heroic run on the counter attack. <laughs> The pace the big man's put on, you just see him and Midge sprinting. And uh, obviously when the ball is played to me and I'm just like taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. Like, sort of no one came to me. And the closer I got to go, I was just like, I'm hitting this. And then just caught it so clean. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, the like when you listen to the, like the video on that, you can hear it, like clip the post on the way in. Like that wee noise that's still Buzz off Plus. it, and you just see all, see all, see all them behind the goal. Oh, no. uh, it still <laughs> keeps it still I'm keeps sorry, Rob Douglas awake at nights. Oh, I can't no. sleep. I'm sure. I'm sure the re- return leg. I'm sure I chased him down. They meg me or something. Like that. <laughs> nah, he, know, he never megged you, but he 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 dummied you. I took it. I took me a wee bit. I don't give him too much credit. Okay. No, no, but I always remember that after it because people are like, oh, like. Douglas done you know, like I had Twitter at the time, so I just kept like copying and pasting that like <laughs> that shut up. Do you remember who scored the first goal that day? No. Gav Gunning and done the Lucky Fleet sign as he celebrated. Gav Gunning. I mean, you did say right, right. That sums him up. That doing that man is just Absolutely brilliant. Um, Peter Houston announced he was leaving out of the blue, or how did you feel when that happened? Aye, that was a weird one. Um, obviously, done well, like, probably not much more he could have done. He goes out a hero, like, wins a cup and that. But it was announced he was going to the end of the season, and then lasted a couple of weeks. Like, I we came in one day, a couple of weeks later, and it was just like. I'm done. I'm away. We're like, what? Like, 
don't know what's happened if something's went on behind the scenes or whatever there um, aye he just he's just gone so it was I mean that was a weird one but I mean he obviously wanted to go, go and do something different right, I'm working just now go and get mum I know just go and, go and get her Parenting 101 for Johnny Russell. There. Second, we're, we're second <laughs> female guest. <laughs> the, uh, and then, um, obviously, Jackie McNamara comes in. Uh, his first match probably couldn't have went any better. A Johnny Russell goal after Rangers 15 get... seconds. No, I, I, I was, uh, like my, obviously I was buzzing, like, grew up massive Celtic fan and like, loved Jackie as a player. My, my wee brother was obsessed with him. As a as a player, and uh, I was I was buzzing. Obviously, when he came in, um, first game couldn't work out any better for him being Rangers, and then the whole build up to it. Obviously, we were very outspoken and on the punishment and like all the stuff leading up to the game. Or we don't forget boycott. all that. So, yeah. uh, boycott all that, and then fifteen like seconds later, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you about that. Um, so that I said as Paul said as I mentioned this a few times on the podcast given our 50 or episodes in that game was the f- was my first game as the match announcer and what they wanted to do is read the teams out pitch side by the time you get into the wee tiny room above the tunnel I looked out the window and you were putting the ball in the net I had no idea how it got to you I had to ask somebody who'd scored it and only because you were the you done the most celebrated thought it must be John Russell that scored and that was right. done. so it might have been somebody else I celebrated for got... about four minutes <laughs> 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 so we, felt, we played them, we played Rangers in a pre-season friendly when I went to Derby and uh, I think big Chrissy Martin scored and me and Bryce you'd think the two of us had scored me and Bryce were always <laughs> celebrating ourselves and that but, uh, I took took centre up with a couple of passes ball gets laid back to big Gav and he just launches it yeah. Then he flick, flicks it on, managed to get in between the two boys, yeah. flicked it back out, t- touched, had it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not a, it wasn't the cleanest of strikes or well placed. It just went for doesn't matter. Just went for low, low and hard. And I think it's because it was so close to his body, he couldn't get down in time. Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> Does not. Uh, one game I want to mention, no for the game actually, because we got pumped for Celtic six two, but. The goal you score, and I mean, it, it, in the time, see if you just watch the goal, you'd think we're a World Cup team pinging the ball about till it gets to you. Bye. But you just pick it up, and if people didn't remember it because they're probably left by then, it's just a wee mazy for John Russell taking on three or four boys. Aye. I took a bit, that was like pinball though, it took about nine deflections. So <laughs> I get the ball, get the ball turned. I try to, I don't know if it was Matthews, I tried to meg him, and it bounces off his legs. Perfect for me. And then it was someone else and then Charlie McGrew was the last one. And I've tried to meg him again. Hit off him, hit off my knee and went through and I'm one and one. And I was like, fuck it, you're already six one down. So I was like, I just, running through, I was, I thought, I genuinely thought when I first took my touch, I thought I'm going to chip him. And then I was getting closer and closer and I went, ah, he's, he's big, man. <laughs> and uh, just went, I went low and low right at him and obviously he's, he's trying to read the ball and just went through his legs. But mm. aye, that was, uh, that was, I enjoyed that one as well. And always good scoring against big teams and that. So I was in, I grew up, grew up, 
Man Celtic fan and my family and that were there. My, my family at that time lived literally like a mile away from, from Parkhead. So, I mean, it was, and they were buzzing. Obviously, because we lost and I scored, but <laughs> they, were, uh, they were still buzzing. How does it feel then? Because I can only imagine, like, obviously, myself and Ronnie, mad United fans, so, and we're <laughs> clearly never good at football. But I can't imagine what it must feel like if I was a football player playing for another team against my team, United. So, how did it feel for you playing against them? <laughs> but that was like, people always said that at the time, and I used to always get, oh, you don't try against them. I tried my hardest against mm. them. Like, I loved playing against them, I loved scoring against them. Um, obviously, I love scoring against Rangers for different reasons. Mm. But, like, when you play against like, your team, you support. Like I loved it, like scoring, um, and like the thought of like someone saying to me, "Oh, you don't try because it's like your team." Just like been a lot of shit to me, to be honest, because I was always, yeah. it was always a game that I would look for, and like I want to get, want to get a goal here. Well, I suppose in a, in a roundabout way that you would want to do really well against that team Aye. because, I mean, in a dream scenario, you could maybe get a dream move if that's your team. Yeah, I know. That season, the 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 you know, you've got twenty go- you score twenty goals in the end that season, but you break your leg, don't you, against Inverness? I broke my leg at Inverness, so that was and tried to run it off. Uh, I for about twenty minutes, so that was uh, that was round about the time where the the Catania bid, remember the Serie A bid? Yeah. Uh, I think they actually came to that game. Like their scouts came to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, keep going. I know I'll come and fix in a minute. Can you go and get mum just now? Um, Mummy's busy, dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, I their scouts came came in late, and I think they they'd already missed the tackle. So, like, I tried to I tried to play on. Obviously, yeah. played like twenty minutes. Uh, and I was like, nah, I was like, I think I took a, a touch and I tried to like roll somebody. And as soon as I planted my foot, I was like, something no right here. And then I was mad because that was right before the, the cup game. Mm-hmm. It was right before the, I think it was right before the derby. I think we played Inglaterra and then I'm not, I'm not quite sure. There was a, a big game. So I was like... First couple of days I was in agony and then they were doing like treatment on it and stuff like that, trying to get me back fit. And I can always remember we were staying at a golf course and I was doing like a fitness test on the fairway of this golf course and like I broke down. I was like, no, there's, there's something up with my leg. I, I, I can't do this. And they sent me for an x-ray the next day and it was broke. <laughs> but it was like five days I was trying to get back fit. And I'm almost certain it might have been a derby because we were staying in a hotel it was Scottish Cup quarter final aye we were staying in the hotel in Dundee and obviously I didn't want to miss that game so obviously kept trying to get myself fit but that like I mean it was well, I mean I think it was Josh Meekins the tackle he was, he was going mm-hmm. into it with no malice but it was needless like the referee had yeah. already blew the whistle and I'm pulling out the tackle yeah and I remember it quite well I was up at that game yeah Catches me bad eye, so that happened, and then went to Derby and broke it again in the October, same leg. So it's, 
brittle bones in my life <laughs> <laughs> you're on about you know that when the Catania bid and that comes in are you is this when you're are you then starting to think about your next move because I think you're a year left in your contract at the time I uh, I think it was a January mm. like the, the bid came in and uh, like I always kind of knew I would have went at some point and then a lot of stuff came out like that actually really pissed me off at the time someone came out and said that I had I had asked to go which at the time I, like I didn't so somebody came out and threw me under the bus a wee bit and that like really really pissed me off but I like I kind of knew I was going um, and I was always swaying towards going abroad I didn't want I had no intentions of going to England I didn't want to go to England because I just thought like like Scottish boy does well goes to England I was like I want to do something different just want to like be different and at that at that point I was always the comparisons were always here to goody as well so they're always like that's so I was like I just want to go and do something different just get away um, so like that bid came in obviously I think there's two or three bids didn't get accepted so I was like oh, I'll go like head down it didn't happen and I think that summer there was a few there was a few more bids like from abroad and I think it was one or two from England but just like nothing I was like nah so like went into my last season and then sort of leading up to the like leading up to it like kind of knew like it was I was going at that point uh, like it was really it was agreed at that point as well that I would go and the club were going to get some money so it was it was hard though like because I had sort of put in my head like I'm, I'm going but then getting closer to it and then when it actually happened I'm like I've been I've been here since I was a kid I was like yeah. it was like home it was home to me and I was like mm. it was it was tough to go to be honest um, but I mean that, 10 I mean, years that happens it's, I, 10 Ten, years I, ago, I reckon so. I reckon that you you got caught into a testimonial <laughs> uh, by my <laughs> reckoning like 10 years <laughs> is a testimonial and uh, I think I we know. owe you one uh, don't count your three years down but they should um, <laughs> but no it's uh, it was just uh, it was, I mean it was tough tough to go but I certainly knew it was, it was coming at some point it was it happened to everyone United basically they brought through mm-hmm. young boys for nothing and sold them for a profit and they were the money they made from doing it is, and that was a that was a draw for a lot of boys I know well it was for me seeing like the chances you get there I was like hey, that's yeah. why I want to be there and that was like a big selling point on it as well yeah I think they're trying to get back to that actually I think that's the, nah, that's the business should, plan these days it worked for so many years um, yeah and not really it didn't really work after after Libby left they weren't bringing through the same sort of players and then obviously with Stevie going as well Stevie was amazing like, yeah Stevie Campbell absolutely brilliant for me so he was like he would make me do so much extra stuff that I'm so thankful for now because I, I probably wouldn't have done it at that time off going back mm. he used to make me go and do it so and he just just loved the game had you out training like three times a day <laughs> you know, he never shuts up does he he never oh, shuts he up can't, he cannot get a word in no, he asks you a question impossible. and answers it himself <laughs> But yeah, no, Stevie, Stevie's, Stevie's brilliant, Stevie's absolutely brilliant. Isn't he? You mentioned going abroad, it took you just short of five years 
to get there and you, you went state so you've been there mm. two and a half mm. year how has it been? Brilliant I uh, love it here I know I speak about it all the time people's perception of the league here is like oh it's a graveyard basically for old footballers looking for a, a bit of sun and a payday I'm sitting here absolutely scarlet here for the sun <laughs> <laughs> uh, but was, I knew when I was going to make the decision that like a lot of people would be going like, what the fuck are you doing? I was 27. Like, what are you doing that for? But like, I'd been a huge fan of the league for years. Um, and like, in that time, it just, it was getting better and better. But you don't know until you go and try it yourself. So, you just look at it now, the, the players are bringing in, they're not really going for that sort of old marquee, I know, like exceptions like Zlatan and stuff like that. But, I mean, he came in and, I guess for ten years, I of course, he's, uh, he's brilliant. Sort of joke. Um, but they're bringing in loads of young boys, loads of young South American boys that you would usually go to like Mexico or Europe, or coming to the, the MLS. Mm-hmm. So it's just a league constantly getting bigger, more teams coming in, better players coming, and they're getting away from that older guys. And I knew it was going that way, so I thought they do like one more contract and. England, which would basically be ending this season, like three or four years, and then try and go. But I'm like, just turned 30. I'm like, am I going to get that opportunity again? Mm-hmm. And I had already, I had already knew about it and turned it down. I was like, nah, it's not for me yet. But like, it's more I thought about it, more time went on. I just thought, if I don't try something different now, I'm never going to get the chance to. Yeah. But it's, it worked out perfect for me. Got back in the Scotland team. Everything, so I can enjoy myself playing and I, I do I love it here's a good place for my my kids as well what's their lifestyle like because I can imagine Johnny Russell walking about the streets of Dundee or Derby you must you must get recognised quite a bit but uh, like, with all due respect you're no Patrick Mahomes you know you're no, you might be living in Kansas the but they they boys uh, are superstars superstars and see even with boys like that they don't get bothered here like that they're more respectful other places but especially for us like I just don't think they care to be honest like yeah. they're just like let you go and do your own thing like go out for dinners if I'm going out for a couple of drinks with the boys or if I'm somewhere with my kids it's just like nobody says anything yet. or if they do it it's in passing just like oh like how you doing like something like mm-hmm. that honestly I've been here for what two and a half years and I could be lucky if it went into I, and no bother like I couldn't count the amount of times I've had bother here mm-hmm. I just nothing which is pretty rare for like what we what we do yeah so for that for that aspect it's just good to get you go in do your training play games or whatever and then just get away from it and yeah like it's from that aspect it's not as intense as back home where it's just like like it's just that's everyone's life it's like your life it just consumes everyone mm. Yeah. Where they say it's, it's still got that on like a like a game day, like it's still got that intensity. But then when you're away from it, people are not really fussed to be honest about you. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of let you live your own life in that. So the only bother, the only stalkers that you've had was a, a group of United fans coming over uh, to see that you. One <laughs> wearing high heels. Hi, <laughs> we, uh, we, we had we had Sam on. Uh, as he was at the airport to fly back, we had him on the phone. Yeah. Aye. 
Brilliant. <clears throat> I don't know how you made it back. <laughs> <laughs> hey boys, some of the stories they were telling me and then I went out with them uh, that night uh, for a game. Um, I, I, I was told that like the weekly knocked out that they were coming. What the fuck are they coming here for for a stag do? I was like, if you're flying all the way here, go on an extra two hours and go to Vegas or something. But uh, no, they, they were brilliant. Like, went and seen them after the game. And we've got like a, after the game, it's like a, it's like a big lounge where all the players and the staff go in with their families. And like, there's like a select few fans and that, they go in. So I said to the, like the boy at works, I was like, like, take them in there so you can go and go and see them after the game. It was free booze. So they were already leathered and then even more by the time <laughs> I got shivered and I had to go back. So I stayed chatting to them for a couple of hours. And I was like, right, we need to leave this place. But um, I said, like, I'll come out. I swapped, swapped numbers and I spoke to one of the boys on Instagram. And I was like, just... I'll tell you where I'm going. Like, I'm going to meet the boys, just grab something to eat quickly after the game. And then I'll tell you where we're going. And, uh, like, the boy, Roger Espinosa, that's here. Like, he runs this place. He's an absolute king out here. So he had sorted something out for us, for, like, a big group. So I just said to them, like, this is where we are, basically. Just say you're, like, with Roger. And, uh, like, they'll let you in. And uh, he, he came in, and he was actually he was normally dressed at that point. So it was like, <laughs> don't know how he'd be getting in with a dress and high heels <laughs> if, uh, if he was still dressed like that. But no, they a brilliant bunch of boys, and I mean that's it's mad that they flew all the way out here. To be honest, but it's uh, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it was like, a good from, story from my point of view. Good, aye, it's, uh, aye, it was brilliant. It was class, brilliant. Mental for them, but brilliant. <laughs> See the the move. another thing where you, where you made the you made the news as well. Where I think there was a young fan in the crowd holding up. I uh, Johnny Russell, can I get your uh, can I get your top? That made worldwide news. That was class, mm. and that probably goes on quite I a bit. But it's really really nice. I, touch. Did, I mean, it's, the kit man is like says to me all the but, time. He's like, stop giving away tops, man. I'm just like, you, do you I get charged for it then? Uh, my looks after me, but you're supposed to get charged for it. The other boys will be raging at you on that. Uh, <laughs> no, he's like, I've done it like away games or stuff like that. I gave it to like, remember, I played a game in LA and there was like a young kid, LA fan, who like asked for it and was asking me, I was speaking away, how many family? He asked for it, so I gave him one. And like, it does happen a lot. Like, I won't give my tops away, but if it's a kid, then yeah. I'll give the kid the top. Yeah. And I'd seen her, bef- I'd seen her before the game and we were going out the tunnel and somebody's like, oh, it's a birthday. So I was like, oh, happy birthday. Like, didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. And then we do like a lap if, after a game, if we win the game, like do a lap and just like clap the fans and say thanks and that. And uh, it was someone, I think it was a, like, I don't know if it was a press boy or like the photographer It was like, oh, like that wee girl's there. Basically going, they get a photo, but she had the sign. And I was like, ah, oh. went over and just said, oh, happy birthday. And I was like, right, here, just take a talk. <laughs> the woman behind us went for a high five patched up didn't even see her um, uh, <laughs> and I gave gave her a wee lassie the top and then like I didn't really see the reaction so I gave her the top and just said oh like again I was a uh, happy birthday and then I jumped back over the barrier and then like it wasn't until after it somebody had showed me the video and I just thought oh it's a nice video nice touch mm, and then brilliant. it just went 
I just blew up just mentally ESPN and everything that we're taking it here and it's like ended up with like millions of views and I was like what the fuck yeah. Mental. Just, it's a good. It's a good thing, though. Mm. It's a bit of a I, death I mean, it's obviously uh, it's exactly. It's just. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to like wee moments like that. You don't really, you don't really think like. Obviously, you used to be that kid. You know mm. what I mean, you don't yeah. really think about it that way. You don't do it because of that, but it's just nice to know that, like, you've got you that sort of effect, and you yeah. you made you made somebody's day. Like, you yep. know what I mean. So it's it's a it's a nice feeling like, when you look back in that as well. So you didn't give them to adults then. So next season when me and Ronnie come out, <laughs> am I, am I going to have to be on my knees to get handed a touch? <laughs> uh, Jesus. I'll take a, take a kid with you and you'll be all right. No, I'd, <laughs> no obviously I'll look after you boys. Uh, the, um, obviously you mentioned that the season runs obviously slightly different in the MLS. So you're back usually over Christmas and stuff and you were back at Tannadice in December. How did you find Good that? Back, Good. Brilliant, I loved that. Yeah, it was good to be back. I mean, so so much of it has changed, but like some it's still exact same way. Um, but no, it's obviously went in. It's, I knew, I know quite a lot of boys. I mean, it's none of the boys that there were there when I was there, but no few of the boys. And then obviously, like Robbie and that, uh, the manager went in, went in to see see him. So that was just got any Robbie stories? Why to do it? <laughs> Uh, I Larry Douglas is just the recipient of every shit joke in the, the planet Robbie <laughs> Larry Douglas cut his socks up and he was doing it for doing it for weeks and he could never find out who it was so in St Andrews we felt like we shelves at the top of like where we sit uh-huh. and Robbie's left his like phone like hanging over the top of it videoing uh. and he's caught he's caught Marshall uh, going in taking his socks, cutting them, putting them back. He's like, so he's like said to me, I've, I've got him, I found out who it is. Because I, I think I originally thought it might have been me. Um, but I, like I travelled with him, so I was like, I'm not going to do that. Um, and uh, Bashley used to have a strawberry protein shake every day. And uh, Robbie's took half the protein out, put, sh- put shit in a sock, put it, put it in the middle, put the protein powder back in. And then left it. But then I think he'd maybe left it like a few days and he's just like, oh no, I can't do that anymore. So like took it out. But like for <laughs> two or three days, I don't know if Basher took a drink yet in that time. <laughs> but uh, I left a, a sock, uh, a shit sock in his protein powder. We, uh, We're allowing this man to pick a team. <laughs> <laughs> when, 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 we had, when we had Rob on, we, we'd asked him about, because um, Paul's got a right, thing about him when he got sent off against Celtic when he elbows Samaras <laughs> Paul's still never forgave him I'm imagining you playing that day you've not forgiven him either see the thing is I get sent off for the headbutt on Broadfoot I mean, he I made got, the most of that he made the most aye, of that was, plus, plus you should be allowed to head her Kirk Broadfoot <laughs> see the thing is that was, it was a foul on me right outside their box didn't get it and I've got up red mist and I've chased him back and I've won the ball but he's dived and then he's bounced up to get in my head so I, I was already red mist he bounced up just reacted and it wasn't even the head but it was like a nudge like it was just I mean it's not intent but the movement's there so you're, like, you're going to get done and uh, they scored late in that game and we get beat 
and they oh, no. like ah uh. uh, they went through me like ah like I was like I was like it was stupid I shouldn't have done it I apologise right away like it doesn't it doesn't make it any better but they went through me and I'm like 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 I'm still a kid at the time as well just make stupid like decisions and then Robbie just cracks Samaras with an elbow <laughs> and then we we go in and everyone's like all right, all right, Robbie's just get el- like elbowed Samaras for no reason. Sent off and not a peep said, and I'm sitting there going, fuck's sake, any chance? Like, an experienced guy, you should know better. But no, he's, uh, uh, Robbie was, Robbie was a, a hard guy as well. Like, uh, he's, he was, Robbie was, Robbie was good, used to give him a bit of stick because he used to make us, uh, I travelled with him in Seve for a bit. Um, and he used to he used to get us out the door sharp probably deny this because he had uh, saxophone lessons <laughs> taking a saxophone lessons he used to rush us out the door so he could go home and do his saxophone lessons that is brilliant <laughs> that's amazing but no Robbie's Robbie's a great guy like I, I liked him when I played with him and then and I spoke to him a few times He's he asked me about a few players as well when he was in when he was in England, so now I was I've stayed in contact with him. So mm. good guy. What was the? Did you notice any major differences when you were back? Apart from obviously the playing squad and oh, you didn't see your saviour, uh-huh. Mister Shanklin, that day because he was injured, wasn't he? <laughs> I know he was injured, but uh, no, he's been he's been ridiculous. So he has actually. I done a like a game there as well, like done the the TV and that as well. So mm-hmm. got myself up a couple of times, but now he's. He was, uh, he's been ridiculous, Shanks. And uh, I mean, I think the, the club went out, like, all out a wee bit for him. Proved worth it. You need to get somebody like that who, you know, is going to get you goals. And he's true. done it, but it's a, it's a good team at the minute as well. Very good team. Yeah. Yeah. We had to, uh, are you going to ask the question? I think you're going to ask, Paul. I, th- I think so. Yeah, that, like, there's, we always ask the good questions here, Johnny. So one of one of our one of me and Ronnie's mates, uh, she actually accosted you behind the scenes at Tannadice that day, and she wouldn't shut up about it when she came back. She was, oh, he smelt lovely. So so me and Ronnie just went again. What cologne did you have on that day? Ah, <laughs> oh, now you're asking. It was what makes uh, Johnny Russell smell so good. What's the travel cologne? <laughs> it was a. Uh, didn't tell where it's brute or old spice because you'll ruin it. No, it was uh, it was actually a gift. It was Tom Ford, and I think it was something like ombre leather. Ombre we'll leather. We'll not, we'll not be able to write that down. But we'll not be able to. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was that one. It would have been that one. I was wrong. Right, Ronnie, get on Amazon. See if there's any cheap deals on ombre leather. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned Scotland there, Johnny. Obviously, we feel you should have been capped when you were at United, but finally you did get capped and you were out of the team. And like you say, you got your recall. Um, obviously, a, a massive proud moment when you finally did get to make your debut and obviously getting the recall. Nice. Massive. I mean, obviously, the the debut was amazing. Uh, all my family was there, Celtic Park against England. So it was like a big one then set, setting up Robbo as well. Um, mm-hmm. Came on and done well and and then didn't really play after. I thought I would maybe get a couple of chances after that, after after doing well. Uh, I think we went and played Ireland away after that or something like that and uh, I completely left out the squad. Um, I like middle of the summer, two weeks away and then just 
out of the squad. <laughs> you're like, you're yeah. the one person left out of the squad, and I was like, all right, brilliant. <laughs> and then <laughs> didn't really. Fix. I mean, I'd be away and I'd be doing well. I was doing well at Derby. I was doing well in training, and like they would be like, oh, we just need a wee bit more. And I'm like, I'm not really much more I can show. Like you need to give me a chance, and I'll like I'll show you. Cause I still, I, mean, I still feel now, and especially then, I was like, I've got something to to give. I just didn't really didn't really work out. So sort of got minutes here and there, and I mean, it, I'll never. I think I'll always be grateful for the caps I get, but some of them were like it's like five minutes, like here and there, and I'm like, like I'll always, always a proud moment. But I'm just like frustrated. It's not really. I'm not really. I am just not really doing anything I can't really give in um, and then obviously the, the new manager came in and I think it worked out perfectly for me because I'd literally just been asked I think it was like a month before I'd done a, a piece back home and they were asking me about it and I said obviously I still want to I would do anything to play for Scotland and then mm-hmm. I think it was because it was a Mexico and Peru game um, but they were friendly so it's like the club had the right to say not like he can't go. But I was like, you need to let me you need to let me go. Like this is my chance to get back in. And the club are brilliant. I've got a really good like relationship with the manager here. And he was like, like I would never stop you for doing that. He's like, you can't go and meet them right away because we've got a game and I'm no you're not missing the game. So I played played the game, flew the next day to the, Peru right Peru and then like the following weekend I missed a game but it was like I think it was a home I think it was a home game we played Orlando or something like that he was like I'll, like I'll let you miss that game um, and then obviously started got my first start against Mexico so I mean it was it was worth it for me and then from there sort of stayed in until like my manager last year mm. and um you got your first international goal last year as well. It took all your caps to get there, but you got there. Uh, and obviously, we didn't tend to blow away the smaller nations, but we got there, a 2-0 win against San Marino. And again, yeah, it just... Stumbled you, over the line. You, you finally get an international goal, though, which is the game of, of, of it all. And um, I, I imagine a hugely happy time for you and, you know, proud moment. I, I'm massive. Obviously, it was... Just a weird one because of the game and that, and like I didn't really feel like there was a lot of negativity around at that time. I just it didn't really feel like a win, if you know what I mean. Like yeah, just one of the ones. There was so much around it and negativity. It's just like kind of take the shine off it a wee bit for me. Like I grew up my whole life wanting to be a footballer. Like never in a million years do you think you're going to play for your country and then you score for your country. So that's you know what I was thinking about it after it. I was like, nobody can ever take that away from me. Like, say what you want, but I've like played and scored for my country. So, I mean, you think I deserve it? You don't think I deserve it? I don't really give a shit to be honest. I've, I've done. It. Like, I've I've scored for my, I've put on like Scotland jersey and I've, I've scored for them. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll always look back in that. Like, so, but I, I'm hoping new manager's been brilliant to me as well. Um, and obviously frustrating when you I mean you travel a lot and you don't really get the game time but I would never I would never expect oh I'm travelling 5,000 miles I need to play but we'll, 
it's just frustrating you don't play in general. Like I could travel ten minutes and I'd be I'd be frustrated. So yeah, I know that's I know that's not going to get me minutes. But when you look at the you look at the boys that are playing there, now it's going to be tough to get in in front mm. of them. But it's, I mean that's up to me. Keep pushing them. Uh, I'm playing obviously playing wide at the minute. You've got you've got Ryan Fraser, James De Forest. You know you've got Christie's there as well, flying now as well. So it's it's tough, but I mean I'm going to going to keep going and try and get myself in there anyway. Any thoughts on what you're what you're going to do next if your contract's coming up? Or but you said you've you've got an option of another year, don't you? I so the club's got a club's got an option um, for next year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, take it. <laughs> <laughs> don't know yet. They've not spoken to me, so nah, it's it's just a just a weird one. Don't really like the the whole option thing. It's rather have the security so you know yeah. where you're at. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I love it out here. I'm, I'm hoping to stay, stay here. But like I said, I got asked about it, and I like, oh, would you ever like come back? And I was like, of course. Like I would never, I would never say no to coming back because it's, I mean, it's still, still home to me. Like that's, I spent so long there, and that's where I was given my first opportunities. Where, you know, everything that I've, everything that I've done started, started there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm no one to, somebody that looked after me, I would never disrespect them and say, no, nah, like, no chance I'll ever think that I'm, I'm bigger than that because I'm not. So, no, it's, it's definitely something that I would, like, in the future, I would definitely say, like, aye. Because, I mean, it's, it's changed now as well. Like, people, people look at you at a certain age and think, oh, like, you're done, but, Games change now. The way you're you're looked after, and the way players are looking after themselves, you can see how long they're going. So, I mean, I've, I've just turned thirty there, but I've still got a, a lot left in the tank. So, if, if still you got, come back to Tanadi, so you might hit a tuck a wee bit of a drop in a wage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I, that's, I'm saying that without knowing exactly what you're earning. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that we didn't pay this sort of wage. <laughs> no, I, I, I know that, but it's. Uh, and the dates you need to look after your family, but mm. yeah, it's about enjoyment as well, isn't it? You need to you need to love what you're doing. Yeah. Do you yeah. see yourself coming back to Scotland then after not not just after your playing career, but like you're saying you're enjoying it that much in Kansas? Well, I, do you think that you could stay there after football, or would you always be coming? Uh, I don't know. It's. I mean, I love it. I love it here. If it was just me, I'd, I'd probably stay here. If I'm being honest, I'd probably stay here, but. I've got a family. I've got my wife, and my two kids, like two young kids. So, are they at school yet? Uh, no. So my my wee girl, she's three, and my son's five months. So, right. I know like, so they're, 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 they're at a good age now, but it's like going to be one of the conversations where like what what are we actually doing? Like the first yeah. couple of years of school are all right. You can get away with that, but at some point you you want to sit down. Yeah. Don't you? And then, some great draw. skills in Dundee. <laughs> great skills in Dundee. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the, the, the draw to come home is obviously family, but like that's yeah. that's the main one. Is for, like getting back so that my kids can be around my family, my family can be around my kids, it, mm-hmm. and we've got like got like young nieces and nephews and that as well, around about the same age. So it's and like the way I grew up, we are really close family as well. So it's. 
as like a bit of a, a draw to your back. And what if um, what if then if you are going to come back to United, you can you can run the digs. Not a chance. <laughs> Would not run that place. Would not run that place. I don't know how anyone <laughs> applies for that. You're just. Absolutely not. They must get rewarded financially, (laughs) handsomely as well. Not. You could put a price on me running that place. No chance. Listen, Johnny, just before we let you go, how do you sum up your time at United? I've said it before, I love the place. To me, it still feels like home. It's where where it started. They gave me everything. They looked after me. Um, That's just the place I always love, always. Have great memories, met some like great people. I've got mates that I still, I've still talked to for my time there, and uh, no, it's just, just a good, good place, especially for for young players as well. Johnny Russell, not only did he run down the wing for us, he gave us two hours of his time. What a man! And uh, it was uh, also lovely to listen to his daughter Blake starting her musical career by playing every instrument known to man. And the room behind him where he was uh, recording with us, it looked like it had been burgled at the end of the interview because all the toys were out, all the instruments, you name it. Absolutely great though, speaking of Johnny Russell. Fantastic. Uh, The uh, Daddy Daycare Parenting 101. And it's all left in. There's nothing in it out when he just goes over and says, I'm just, you can't do it. I'm on the phone here. But he was... Uh, I'm working. Yeah, I think he did say it was work. And he was like, he did, uh, he was lying. Good to see him. <laughs> but he was... Um, yeah, brilliant. Uh, thanks very much to Johnny for uh, doing it. Uh, Johnny was very keen to give his side of the uh, Danny Swanson story. And mm-hmm. he listened to it. And what I... You know, the... Kind of linked to it with Danny Swanson mentioned about the... You know, the gambling. And then obviously Johnny mentioned it as well. And, and stuff. It was... It was really, really interesting. And uh, mm-hmm. what a dressing room. <laughs> Mental. <laughs> some, Mental. Uh, some interesting things going on. And even the story, even the stories with Robbie Nielsen, uh, they're just left in. There's no point in taking them in. Just, just leave them in. We're, yes. we're, no, we're no better about it. Just leave them in. And uh, ah, they were quite funny. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, they were very funny. Yeah, and you'll hear... Uh, you, you you may hear a different take on one of the stories next week so uh, but yeah Johnny Russell thank you very much for uh, for giving up your time to tell us some stories and uh, he's loving life out there bye we've all we we'll put it in if he wants to come back I'll, we'll I'll tell you in. what Ron I'll tell you what I'm, I'm going to side with him on the whole Danny Swanson thing because it was Johnny Russell's bed so he had every right to be there Danny didn't he? that's all oh so Danny we await your response right let's uh, let's move on the final bit of business as always on this day in association with the Arab Archive preserving the history of Dun United Football Club since 2006 we have got a full house of matches signings and a birthday all based on the 29th of June the 2019 season was up and running as United took the opportunity to field 24 players in the first pre-season friendly at East Fife. The new kit not yet launched. United played in a pre-season kit of white shirt and socks, black shorts. Liam Smith scored an OG before Nicky Clark made it one all. Uh, Paul, we were both there. It was the first game we watched uh, before the first episode of this that podcast. Yeah. What a shitty game. 
it was and we thought we'd signed a goal scorer with Liam Smith but he obviously he managed to figure it out didn't put the banner in that and the strip was actually quite nice I thought that day hmm. what yeah. do I know yeah and uh, we've been asked when the strip's coming out as well we've no idea people don't have to tell us anything important on this you know no one would trust us with any knowledge like that no one it's no. hard enough rightly, keeping rightly quiet so. it would be like a leaky boat it's, it's hard enough keeping quiet who we've got coming up as a guest you know and stay tuned because there's good ones to come that's all I'm going to say um, right signings here we go 29th of June I never realised we'd signed so many players some players you'll remember all the players I hope apart from maybe one that even for your age was before your time which I'm pretty amazed about so I'm going to go in alphabetical order we'll throw in the name and you can tell us what you think or what you remember or any lasting memory or a goal or an incident or something like that and we'll have a bit of fun with it let's start in 2014 with uh, and I'll take a run up at this Ola Adeyemo unbelievable unbelievable did he not leave us and go to Watford when they were in, when they were a Premiership team. Yes, he did. How how did that happen? <laughs> he was a reserve player mm-hmm. or a youth player at best with us, yep. and he ended up at a Premiership team. He was never that good, I didn't think. <laughs> you only come on but, uh, come on twice for us. That was it. Yeah, and, and he wasn't that good. Even when I because I used to go to quite a lot of the reserve games, and he he, he wasn't that good. Mm. So, uh, yeah, Christ, Christ knows how he got a gig at Watford after us. Who Mick, knows? Uh, Mixu released him, I think. I think he came in and just went off. No, I don't think so. This boy's not a player. No. Um, 2008. Scott Allen. That was a player. Mm-hmm. But we all know what happened there. Yep, so we'll move on. 2000, Jamie mm-hmm. Buchan. I like Jamie Buchan when he was when he when he came us, but uh, we were fairly stinking when he was in the team. And I'm not saying it was his fault, but that was oh, that was a tough watch. That that was when where Alex Smith was manager, wasn't it? Yeah. And we just stayed up. Aye, that was Christ. They're no good good memories as a United fan. But I didn't mind Jamie Buchan. He was a hard working lad. 2017. That can't be right. That can't be right. right. The, can't be right. This. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Now, we like to come up with some absolute nonsense at times on this uh, this podcast. Um, I had 2017 down here. It, it's it's a lot of shite. It's 2007. Ryan Dow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, big United fan. I think he's at Dunfermline now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he kind of flattered to deceive. He would have some good games, and then a lot of the time he just was never in it. I, I thought. Mm. But, uh, there was a wee spell in his United career where he was actually keeping Ryan Gold out of the team uh, possibly on merit as well he, he started the cup final that we didn't like speaking about through at Parkhead he was unlucky that day to hit the post uh, but yeah I don't think he ever reached the heights that we all hoped that he would uh, a man that was mentioned by uh, Johnny Russell and some of the shenanigans that went on in that dressing room 2009 we signed Mark McCallum that's the big goalie wasn't it yep Aye. Uh, uh, he only played right. once. I can, yeah, against Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. We got about three one or three nil or something. Aye, one, he yeah. was he was he was poor that night. But yeah, apparently he's he's a no bad keeper these days. 
I think he was at Forford the last mm-hmm. time I remember but uh, maybe that's his level who knows uh, 1975 we signed Alex Rennie never heard of him no played 88 times scored one goal he was a defender midfielder signed by uh, Jim McLean played from 75 to 78 you know people are going to be shouting at this thing how do you know again Alex Rennie before my time <laughs> and uh, 2009 was signed Robert Thompson Hmm. Uh, yeah, then had a better career after us. You know, went on to play for the uh, Barton, the Fernand, Green Morton, and stuff like that. But uh, got two sub appearances under Craig Levine in 2012-13 season. So there you go. That was our signings. But it's good that it's more United stuff. Like, I think we're going to get a lot of signings over the next couple of weeks as well. Obviously, with uh, yeah. as the days make up. Um, final bit for on this day, our birthday boy today made 31 appearances scoring one goal it's a happy 29th birthday to the Algerian Zizou himself Rashid Buhena happy birthday big Rash big handsome bugger he was a big big handsome bugger um, that is it for uh, our well the first episode of our second year which is it's, an, it's no bad way to kick off with Johnny Russell as a guest mm, yeah it's been uh, a crazy week certainly uh, it's been absolute madness since March uh, thank you to everyone who's listened the feedback you know especially people that have said you know we, we've kept it going and the guests as well and listen we're we're just excited fans when we speak to these people that come on and they, they couldn't have been any nicer, you know, and the comments we got from Craig Brewster, who was open and honest about his time in charge, what he, he didn't really feel it, you know, and then come on, breaks his leg, stuff like that. And it was, it was great to hear, and, you know, Johnny was, Johnny was a class act as well and some great stories in there and he's loving life out there. But hey, we, we've made the push for him to come back. We've done it. You know, we have yep, made... We have. The, the push We've to do that. We've negotiated a wage. We made him more than aware he's going to hit a big drop in money. <laughs> uh, and and he smiled or, or laughed. I cannot remember. But uh, he, he was made aware. So it wouldn't be a secret signs that. And he's, he, he, promi- he promised to have two signed tops. So I don't know when we're getting them. But apparently that's what's happening. So we'll see what happens. Well, get them shipped, Johnny. Get them shipped. <laughs> uh, but yes, we will continue on. We have, uh, we've got guests lined up, uh, hopefully right through to the season starts. All, all going well from all walks of life and of, uh, of the, our Tangerine career. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun as always thank you very much uh, for being part of this Uh, we've got a lot of exciting stuff hopefully coming up as the season gets underway and going forward with that if you've got any views at all uh, do let us know on our social media Uh, we are most active and certainly in conversation over on Twitter but we're at Fox Podcast on all of the social media this week might just bring uh, a new head coach into the club as well we've no idea who it'll be we've no idea when the new kit comes out but fingers crossed, do what we need to do. And remember that advice. Wash your hands, wash your arsehole. Do what we need to do. And uh, we'll hopefully all go back to Tandice uh, down the line. I'll tell you one thing, just it's just popped in my head there, Paul. Do you do any pre-season friendlies? I know behind closed doors, but they're bound, aren't they? Uh, well, every club's in the same boat. I think I think they would want to, yeah, but who knows? As long as they wash their hands and their arsehole, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah.